My name is Henry Jarvis, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. That's pretty Very good. That's awesome. Very good. Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan. We have a full house today because we also have Brad and James and appearing on a second episode. Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? Good. Good. How's your movie coming along? Good. We uh, wrapped uh, production on Tuesday. Yay. So, yay. It's been three. How's that feel? Oh, it's so great. And now you have to edit, right? Oh, yeah. So, it's so it's not so great. that great. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, I know working with this guy, when he's like, sweet, I'm done filming. Now here's another 15 hours of editing stuff for yeah. my five minute. I mean, it would thing. disappear for like a month. Yeah. Like, Any my, pl- my plan is I'm just going to go up to the mountains, mm-hmm. shut off everything, yeah. and just storm through it. So hopefully you, I, you will have another update for you in September. Very It'll cool. Be done, so. And I hope you come back. So for the people that may have missed you the last time, why don't you tell us the name of your movie, what it's about, and the story. I, I, I kind of said that. Yeah, why, don't just, why don't you just tell us about yourself? Okay. Uh, well, I'm a local filmmaker. Uh, I'm making a film called Notes of a Depressant. It's about these two high school students who, after they both attempt suicide, they decide to write a novel about their experience with teenage depression and teenage suicide, and it's about a kind of expose of what that's like. So, so yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, I mean, Ted 2 was the last episode I was in. We went on like a 30 minute tirade about it. So and it was kind of depressing. So we're not going to do it again. <laughs> you know, but, but the thing is, is, uh, my friend fuck was talking to me about this. Oh, I thought maybe you just didn't remember your friend's name. No, I'm not a very I just, good one. Uh, but they mentioned that they really liked, uh, your explanation and, oh, uh, thank you. about your story. Your so. Friend. Yeah, I got fuck. Who the fuck was I talking to? It's not a real friend, Henry. He's making this up. No, her her name's Nicole. She works with me. Well, she worked with me when I was slinging wings, uh, and she mentioned that it was a really touching story. So, oh, well, thank you, Nicole, if you're listening. So, so. where can we besides Twitter? Give out your Twitter handle. Where can yeah, we yeah. find your stuff about your film? Uh, well, uh, my Twitter handle is Byronic Henry. Uh, I also like made a quote website. It's a WordPress site. It's creativehellentertainment.wordpress.com. That's my production company. Uh, you can go to, like, the, like, project updates, and it tells you exactly, like, the date of which when we stop and start new projects. So it's, like, here's when we just finished post-production on this. We just, like, since I've been on the show last, mm-hmm. uh, I've finished two shorts. Oh, wow. And so I've been talking about that on the project updates. I also have updates for the feature and so. Cool. Very so if cool. you want to know more about that, you can go to that website, so. Very cool. And also. It's very boring. Brad finished his 48-hour film. Yep. And you finished it early. You had a lot of help this time, though, right? Uh, we had about the same size team as usual, but um, it seems like you had, but you were able to use Plan Nine Studios, so yeah. it seems like that helped you out a little. When you have someone doing your sound, which is a big component, especially when you're doing a horror film, if you have an experienced person, super talented like that, it does make the process a lot easier and quicker. If I were to guess how the trailer sounded, what would it sound like? 
Well, Ryan, it might sound like this. I don't have time to cut all this shit in the show. I don't know what you guys are doing. I don't care. Push the fucking button. Captain, what are you doing? No. Beep. Catastrophe. See the horrifying new film from Nebulous Vision. Catastrophe. A film so terrifying it will send shivers down your spine. Sunday, August 9th at 8 p.m. How will these children avoid catastrophe? No one is safe. Don't fall prey to the strangest creatures the world has ever known. Catastrophe. Witness the devastation. Run from the horrifying creatures released. Sunday, August 9th at 8 p.m. at the Oriental Theater in Denver. Catastrophe. Don't see it alone. Nothing can prepare you for catastrophe. Are you scared? You guys scared? So that's pretty scary. Can I ask you? Because it's gonna. This is going to be out after it debuts. Yeah. So is it a? It's a send up of 1950s horror, right? Yeah. It's like a Mostly. Chris Wynn film. <laughs> yeah. I just said that's yeah. <laughs> so. So is it? Him. Is it funny or is it scary? Tell me what it is, because your your trailer sells it as like a campy B movie. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure because I've seen it a lot <laughs> in two days. Um, so I can't tell really me be about objective. the movie then, Brad. The movie is about two kids. <laughs> that's what I was asking him. <laughs> Damn. It is funny and it is scary, and it's about two kids who are stranded at home during some sort of uh, cataclysmic event, and they have to find a way to protect themselves and save themselves. And something comes along that does help them with that. And yeah, is it a shotgun? Yes. <laughs> Both kids put a shotgun in their mouth. And <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, and back to the depression movie. Uh, I have to say though, your posters are maybe my favorite you've ever designed. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they look really awesome. And if you hear this uh, telepathically, they'll be giving them away at the Oriental Theater with signatures. If you're listening to this, you missed out on an opportunity to pick <laughs> yeah. one up at the Oriental Theater. Uh, Are you going to make those ago? available, though, uh, at other places? Eh, if I have leftover, we'll see. Um, I think we have 50 of them, so if they don't all go, it's just entirely possible. We'll see. Hey, where would you rank this on your other 40-hour films? It might be our best one yet. Oh, oh snap. I hate when, cause There's he that. hates ranking stuff. I was gonna hope to try to catch him on something. Awesome. Yeah, we're, everyone was sitting there just in agreement. I was just blown away with, uh, it was like one of the best 48 hour experiences we had. Not to diminish the ones we had before. Like we did great last year and Thunderbolt was fun too, but it just, it was eerily how easily everything came together. It was the fastest writing process we did. We wrote the script in three hours. Um, wow. and there was like, n- there wasn't really any back and forth. Like, should we do this or not? It was like, that person has an idea. That person adds a line. Um, I add like a plot element and it just went around and we were done really fast. At one point I was like trying to keep up with the notes and then I was just kind of looking at Eileen like she, she t- types like a million words a minute. So I just like, here, take the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then like Jason Taylor was feeding out like great one liners. So, Very cool. um, yeah. And then, uh, we actually didn't shoot anything during the evening other than some, uh, green screen work. So, uh, we slept a little bit the first day, and then the second day, it was just like a long 10-hour. Um, and, like, we worked with uh, kids and animals. Wow. So I know. I noticed you had... Where'd you, where'd you meet these kids? Uh, just picked them up at a... Well, the one <laughs> girl... candy to get in your van? Well, the one girl is Mike's daughter, so... Okay. From Plan 9 Studios. And then Ben is a... Uh, Risa from Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van. She did, like, headshots with him. So she recommended him and... Uh, they live in Fort Collins, so they drove all the way down wow. to Denver. To Their parents drove them down? Uh-huh. Wow. His dad stayed there a little time. Because I changed our cover photo on Facebook to your poster, and I put it up, and 
I start, I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new people like every year. It's like no, it's awesome stuff. Uh, I hope it tops. Don't be a pussy. That's still my favorite. You did. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out in the audience on Sunday it's, at 8 p.m. It's it's funny because <laughs> you know you have you know Thunderbolt was a bigger production and you know the Diary of Anya Frank last year won you an award. But I still love the stupid stop motion <laughs> cat. Yeah, I know. When I went it's to just the, just because you like that scene when it does heroin. So <laughs> it's really good. It is really like that's not that was Josh Hahn, um, who was the cyborg in Van Damme. Like I didn't actually stop motion that he did it, and he's just like he just reads books. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I kind of like like told him how to pose it, but he basically did all the keyframing himself just out of nice. nowhere. But that's what when I go to the forty eight hour meet and greets, it's always you know. It's not the guy who won the award last year. It's the guy who did that stop motion cat video like two <laughs> <Nice>. years ago. He <laughs> didn't win anything for that one. That's yeah. still the most talked about one. He went to the best of, so that's always like rewarding. And I guess you are because it's Sunday, huh? So you're in the later thing. Or don't they usually show them Saturday and Sunday? No, it's all day Sunday. What time like are you Like 11 to Sunday? 8. We're in the 8 o'clock block. Whoa. D. Nice. Prime time. Uh, I have to watch my kids, so if you can just send me a link oh, so I can watch it. So. Great, yeah, thank you. Oh, I'll, no, you know what? I'll, I'll bring my I'll bring my eleven month old son. I hope he cries. Um, throughout the he whole doesn't thing. cry now, but he loves to walk around and make lots of noise. So. Okay, that's I'll better. bring him. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> I want to see him like walking around, knocking people's drinks out of their hands. Oh, he will. Like... Why'd you just leave him in the car? <laughs> just crack a window. Just crack a window, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's forty fourth and Tennyson. It's fine. <laughs> Give him your iPad. Yeah, It'll be right. fine. We'll figure it out. Congratulations to you both. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, filmmakers in our midst. I didn't do shit this week except read comics and watch movies. <laughs> you piece of shit. I have to take time off. I'm going to be so fucking busy. It's going to suck. Yep. Uh, anyways, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Fantastic Four. Wait, wait. Actually, back that up. We saw Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, stay tuned for the end of the show. We're going to review it and tell you if you should see it or not. And It's his vision. And <laughs> is it as bad as everyone says it is? Stay tuned for the Real Nerds re- Real Review. Um, Henry, you're a guest. What do you want to do first? Uh, we can probably just do what we're watching. Right? Cool. Yeah, that. Are either one of these any good? Sir? What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. What'd you watch this week, sir? Oh, my brother's back. Um, I threw it right back at you. It was like a boomerang. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Uh, I saw like two movies this week. Uh, the first is Cartel Land. Uh, it's a documentary. It's uh, I've ranked all the films I've seen this year. It's something I'm very proud of because I've seen over like 80 of them now. Wow, shit. Um, this is by far number one. Wow. Um, it's a documentary on the cartel and like a state in Mexico. It's like with Southern, and it follows this leader, the leader of this vigilante group, who's trying to take the land back from the cartel. Mm-hmm. It's so well done that, like, there were more than one instances that I thought, oh, wait, this is a documentary. Like, it's so well shot and, like, I want to like, it's like, I want to say it's so well acted, but, like, it's, like, it's real <laughs> life. Yeah. It just, like, it's, like, astonishing what the film was able to do. And it just, like, it draws you in immediately. 
it plays out like exactly how you would think a movie of the cartel would be. But it's real life. It's really hard to explain, but you should definitely check it out if it's still in town. As I saw that. And then I saw Southpaw. Oh. Um, you don't need to check that out. Um, <laughs> really? No. But I love Jake Gyllenhaal in. I'm such a big search generic Antoine action Fuqua. movie here. <laughs> He's a really good Nightcrawler. He's really good. I, I, I mean, keep on seeing me to see that. I've been told by many people you watch should definitely Nightcrawler. See that. Yeah. Um, if you like, if you want to feel weird and dirty, for that's sweet. Yeah. So just normal for me then. Yeah. I had the same feeling watching Nightcrawler <laughs> as I did watching Ex Machina. That kind of like voyeuristic kind of feels. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I but Ex Machina too. The only good thing about Southpaw wow. is Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal gives one of the greatest performances I've ever seen by him. So, if you're only into one person's acting, go see it. <laughs> Or if you're really into a very generic story, you can go see. It's very, like pretty much everything else is very just, eh, kind of like, <laughs> imagine real steel, but without any fun robots. I and love with, real steel. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, take, but out, but take like, out the parts you love. Take out all the robots <laughs> and the bonding of the children. Oh, so then, so then it's, a it's just a shit movie. Yeah. But with like a really angry, like person who's trying to figure out his life. Mm. You know, I, I was reading Entertainment Weekly and they had a whole article about trailers spoiling movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel McAdams, they show her like being murdered or something in the trailer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, the the guys who cut the trailers now say it's really hard because pe- audiences always want to see more. So you have to find a line of what you want them to show. And yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I think a movie like Terminator actually heard it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the line should be, you show just enough to make it look interesting. And then if people don't, like, if people don't know yeah. everything going in, they, you know, hopefully will like the movie more. Um, but that's obviously not good marketing, unfortunately. Well, I mean, if you look at, like, have you seen, have you seen the trailer for The Revenant? The... Oh, oh God. God. I love that's that trailer. That's an awesome trailer. But it shows you absolutely nothing. Yeah, except for maybe the best shot of the year. Yeah, when Leo's, oh. like, riding the horse and he pulls the gun out and the camera follows the gun as he's about to shoot the, like, Native oh, American. I'm like, oh, my God, so that's awesome. But you still know pretty much none of the plot. Nope. <laughs> like, nope. nope. That's something to do. I think he eats people in it. I think he shoots Native Americans and that's the movie. And I'm fine with that. Not in a Whoa. racist way. <laughs> Not in a racist way. Just saying, want to see him shoot people. Doesn't matter what their their race. Maybe, maybe Leo will finally win the Oscar that he's so coveted in his career. Maybe. Yeah. I doubt it. I know they'll probably give it to Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> for people one have... of the three films he's in this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Did Nightcrawler come out this year? That was last year. Last year. Last last year. year. He's in yeah. October, like... right? Last yeah. year. He's in Demolition, Southpaw, and Everest. And Everest, oh, yeah. Everest. So, so it's those three are like big. They're all kind of like Oscar quote. Yeah, Oscar I don't know. Films. Everest looks to me like a boring movie because well, it feels like I know it's yeah. going to happen. Now I'm there. I'm there. It's the yearly Mark Wahlberg Oscar film that's never <laughs> an Oscar film. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Very fair. You come home. You go home to your family. I mean, it's interesting because like it's it's like it's not based on, but like the Into Thin Air book. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like that's of the event that the film's on. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it's like War of the Worlds, but Tom Cruise and aliens are replaced with Jake Gyllenhaal and Everest. And snow. And yeah. snow. <laughs> How is it like that? Because the lady's like, come home, come home. And at the end, he's going to walk through the front door and she's be like, oh, 
Skywalker. And then his son will come back for no reason. Yeah, totally. God damn, that's the worst thing about that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just that same actor shows up. (laughs) Yeah, that War of the Worlds is so good, except for that last shot. Why won't you just die? Because yeah. you know, that part when he's in the field, and he's like, Dad, you have to let me go. Yeah. And he's like hanging on, and he's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then that kid dies. Yep. And I don't know what scene you guys are talking about, because <laughs> I remember that that kid is dead. Uh, my wife turned on the Fox News debate last night, and it was, it was entertaining because those guys are ass clowns, but... Yeah. Uh, they kept on showing trailers for Bridge of Spies. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> this has been worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. What do you want from me? I'm just an insurance salesman. Yes. Yes. I think uh, if I've seen anything else this week. Um, I don't think I have. No? No. I'm trying to think of something I saw. I mean, like, I saw Pixels a while ago, and I commented on, like, the post that you mm-hmm. guys did that it's, it is, it's better than a lot of people are giving me credit for. I think so, yeah. too. I think they'll just like hating on Adam Sandler. I think they so. do too. I because I like Rod Stewart, mm-hmm. and sometimes when I read critics' reviews of his music, they don't review the music. They yeah. always review who he is. And I feel just, the same yeah. way about Adam Sandler. Is they don't remu- re- review the movies. They look at the guy who's going whoop do and they're yeah. like, oh, that guy's an idiot. You and also, I mean? like, yeah, it's also like not the typical Sandler film. No, like, it's a, oh. an action comedy. It's a Columbus film. Like, it's, oh yeah, it's like if you look at his other films, he wants to make just like fun films for the family. Dude, That's the scene exactly where he's chasing the centipede yeah. through yeah, it's amazing. London is awesome. People are yeah. stupid. You know, and I took the plunge. I was, uh, my little boy, I was at, at the Toys R Us with him, and he was kind of getting antsy, and then I got in the car and he fell asleep. And I was like, oh man, I don't want him to wake up. So I just put him in the stroller and I walked around Tradesmart, so he wouldn't wake up. And I bought Jack and Jill. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, but no. I spent $3 on that movie. Oh, no. I'm, I saw I, that in theaters. I was part of the 100 million it got in theaters. Nice, like, good man. So I, I'm going to see if it's as bad as everyone says it is. I remember thinking this isn't horrible, but at the same time, I would never want to watch that film again. Like, <laughs> is it worth $3? Sure, why not? Yes. I mean, maybe. I mean, Al Pacino kind of, he's having fun. See, I've heard that like, Al Pacino's good in it. And... Adam Sandler female versions having fun. So, oh yeah, <laughs> you know he he's been doing that for years. Though I have all his albums. Yeah. He's he's always playing women in his albums. Yeah, why don't you come over here and slap your weed around for your mom? What? Yeah, yeah that happens in Adam Sandler's. Yeah. They're all gonna laugh at you. Um, speaking of Adam Sandler, do you guys know I got a tweet retweeted by a Denver Bronco today? What does that have to do with Adam Sandler? Um, Adam Sandler used to be a Bronco. <laughs> uh, they're showing the water boy at the Alamo to raise money for the TJ Ward Foundation. Oh. And TJ Ward, the Bronco safety is going to be there. And he says, you know what? I like what this Ryan from Real Nerds tweeted and he retweeted it because he thought I was cool. It was probably his people. Uh, probably. I don't think that. He's not. probably at practice. Tweet guy. <laughs> I don't think that the Still, Broncos have tweeted. The people that know him exactly. retweeted it. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was going through, uh, People who follow us the other day, and I forgot Melissa Joan Hart follows us. She follows me too. I don't know what's going on. I have like six followers, and she's one of them. Like, <laughs> nice. I I think she's probably like you know. Do her, do her people just find things that say movie? Yeah. <laughs> follow, follow, follow. <laughs> if I'm desperate enough, someone will hire me for something. Dude, your next movie should be Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, totally. Uh, the college years for her daughter. All right, no. You should try to get her on Real Nerd season two. I should. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Have her fight against Elizabeth Montgomery, the only witch I care about. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> 
That's a bewitched joke, guys. I got it. And, all right, cool. So one guy got it. I didn't get it. What'd you watch this week, James? Uh, I've really only got like, uh, yeah, I've really only got like one thing to watch to talk about. I rewatched uh, Mission Impossible One this week. Sweet, that movie's really good. It but is. But that's not the thing I have. Um, I have watched the entirety of the Wet Hot American Summer TV show that nice. Netflix produced. Yeah, I only watched um, the first two episodes, and I have to say, Paul Rudd's entrance is maybe my favorite thing ever. Oh, jumps off the motorcycle. Jumps off the motorcycle. <laughs> Like whatever, who beefed? Like just right off the bat. But the thing is, he jumps off, and he's not. He doesn't look good, and the motorcycle totally wrecks. <laughs> so, I fucking love this show. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really good. Um, really insane. It sort of it tonally it picks up where the where the f- film leaves off, right? So yeah, yeah. when I talked about seeing the the, the movie What Hot American Summer, I said that like it starts off kind of normal. And then by the time you get to the climax of that film, weird shit is happening. Yeah. And this one, like, there's a little bit of build up, but it pretty much just starts weird. Yeah. Um, by the third episode, like, there's, there's people falling into green goo ooze out in the woods and, like, just ridiculous shit is happening. They, they, they do backstories for, for people that make, like, no sense at all. Well, the thing about the show is that, like, Everything in it is an origin story. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. everything leads to like you understanding more of where those characters come from. Yeah, like, and there, there are characters. So, so uh, if you remember, the film is all takes place in a single day, right? So the entire hour and a half, hour forty five is like all this ridiculous shit that happens in a single day. Even though the time time wise, it doesn't make any sense. The same thing is true here for an entire season of the show. Yeah. So there's eight hours of stuff going on where like characters get introduced to each other and have entire arcs romances begin and end people get married and divorced like all kinds of shit happens in a single day of the show or of of camp um it's it's insane uh really funny i i really enjoy it and shouldn't like this doesn't seem like a thing i'm really interested I like. for you to watch they came together i yeah. i'm yeah i'm yeah, I really want to watch it's it it's so great it's brilliant <laughs> No, no, no! I haven't watched it yet. I I borrowed Ryan's copy, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch like, it. Like he runs over the bridge of the samurai, oh, sort of yeah. screaming like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really like this show. It's really good, um, and I think they do an amazing job, far more than Arrested Development does. It's really obvious what actors aren't there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I said that wrong. It's not really obvious. You can tell. Um, well, there's one that like if you're in film is really obvious. Oh but, yeah, you're talking about Bradley Cooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they find an excuse for Bradley Cooper that's that's both awesome and it's really and stupid obvious. too. Yeah. Like. Um, so it, yeah, I I really like it. They do a good job of like mapping like mapping all that stuff together though, where you unless you know to look for it, you wouldn't notice. Because it'll be like, in this shot, these characters are together, and in these shot, these characters are together, and they're in the same set, mm-hmm. so you kind of think, oh, well, they're all, there. they got all the actors together at the same time. No, they didn't. Um, it's really smart. I was listening they to, like, an episode done. of that Comedy Bang Bang podcast, and it had, like, the cast, like, some of the cast and uh, David Wayne on it. Yeah. He said there was only one day that all of them were there. Really? And they said, in like, uh, they said, like, it was the longest call sheet they had ever seen. Like, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Um, Ronald Reagan makes an appearance and it's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> probably the best thing um, he's ever done. There's a not real Ronald Reagan. We um, don't know that. 
Yeah. Uh, it, actually, there's a lot of little cameos in there that are fantastic. Man, Rafe, Rafe's been watching it as well, and every like day or so, I get some tweet from him. It's just like, the eagle. Oh, my God, the eagle. I'm like, yep, I know. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, people should check that out. It's on Netflix. It's eight episodes long. Like, go see that. Yeah. You can, like, st- like blow through it in a day. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So. Are they an hour long? Or they- no. They're 30 minutes. They're 30 minutes. I was going to so. say, I've watched two of them. It didn't seem like it took that long. No. No, no, no. Like, sit down, watch the whole season. It's great. And the movie's on Netflix, too, so watch the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I would defer to Brad, but me and Brad have watched something equal this week so i'm going to make that the last thing so we can segue because my opinion's more important than his oh sure <laughs> Just kidding, Brad. uh I, I watched a few things this week i finally got around to watching annabelle which is the oh. prequel to the conjuring yeah scary doll movie scary doll movie and here's the thing with annabelle it is so close to being a good movie mm-hmm. so close and as i'm watching it much like tonight's movie I, i'm watching it mm-hmm. spoilers and I'm saying, man, if this was directed by James Wan, this movie would actually be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Because this director seems to not put the camera in the right spot. Oh. Yeah. And for a horror film, when you're relying on something where the doll doesn't even move, James Wan is really brilliant. If you've seen The Conjuring or you've seen Insidious, his camera movements are just yeah, yeah. fluid and beautiful. And that's why he's going to go on to make Furious 8 or whatever they're yeah, making. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, the, or no, he made Furious 7, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can see, because he's a cool director. Um, this guy, John Leonetti, uh, I like his name. Is not quite there. And what happens is, is when you take a cheap horror film and you add not a good director, then you get an overall cheapness to the film. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't feel like, I can watch a Scott Derrickson, like, Sinister costs $1.5 million. Yeah. And you watch that film, and it's great, wonderfully shot, and it's yeah, yeah. creepy. The, the director elevates the material. Exactly, because you need to know how to... In horror film, it's so important, and he just doesn't do it. And I'm watching it, like, man... Because there's some sequences in the film that are really effective. Mm-hmm. I think the opening is actually pretty scary. Um, the Anyways, Annabelle is the story about a doll that gets possessed by this evil whatever manson style flower child and it starts off really cool because it wait it's it's possessed by an evil hippie oh yeah i'll tell you so the opening is this fam this uh this young couple is this the wife is pregnant and the dude gets her this like really creepy doll that she said oh i've always wanted it that's the only thing I don't like about the Annabelle doll. It's super creepy. Like, that happens all the time, though, in horror movies. Know, it's like, like Chucky's not he, creepy, though. Chucky was creepy to be... Yes, it is. Yeah, it was creepy to be... Fuck you. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a Chucky That's life. a Chucky joke. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> even I got that one. So, anyways, it starts off really good, where... So, they're, like, at church, and then they go home, and as they go to bed, like, the camera follows them down, and then it fixes on the next-door neighbor's. And you see, like, the guy get up, and it's quiet, and he comes off camera or out of frame, and then, like, blood splatters against the wall behind him, and then this dude jumps on the wife and starts murdering her. I'm like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And then it builds up that, you know, the hippies break into the next-door neighbor's house, and this the one kills herself, and her blood falls into the doll, making it possessed, but whatever. Um, Does it also possess the carpet? No, just the doll. Mm. What about the wall? No. Uh, this doesn't make any logic. Well, no, sense. the doll is a way for a demon to get into the world. 
just dolls in general? Like yeah, an I, E.T. doll? Like I don't know, dude. <laughs> could, could you get the blood on an E.T. doll and possess it? It's a fucking horror film. All right. All right, fine. <laughs> um, Moving on. So so they think the house is the problem, so they move to this apartment, and they meet a wise old black lady, of course. That's a magical racist. Negro. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not being racist. I'm just saying, you know, no, it's, it's, it's a stupid archetype. No, yeah, yeah it is. It's an archetype. And so the film, just it just never can connect. I mean, it's so close to being creepy. There's some creepy scenes. In fact, I think the biggest opportunity the whole... Have you seen... Do you see it? Uh, I saw like half of it and I was like, I'm pretty much done with this film. So, <laughs> right. like, so I'm going to spoil this movie for you guys. Great. So the end is you learn that the demon can't still... Because they have the baby, obviously. And the the parents think that the demon's trying to steal the baby's soul. In the mythology, it, you, the soul has to be offered to the demon... So the demon is just playing tricks on the mom, getting, so the mom comes, gets locked out of the house and she comes in and she's trying to save her baby and her baby's gone. And the demon writes in blood, your soul. So he wants to offer your soul. You have to kill yourself. So the demon is tricking the mom into killing herself to save her daughter. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty bold. Like the, the mom like got up on the balcony. She has the doll. And she says, this is for my daughter. This is for my daughter. And it's like, get started getting intense. Like, oh, this is going to be cool. If, if they take the leap and kill the main character, I said, all right, you know, that's actually a risk in the movie. Yeah. But of course, the dad saves her. And then the wise black lady grabs the doll and jumps out the window. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so how I imagine so that they, happened. They it's sacrificed like... the black person yeah, exactly. to save the white people? Yeah. So now is oh. the soul of the black lady in the doll? No, it didn't work, obviously, because that doll is still possessed. Because they're making Annabelle two, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. and it leads wait, wait, wait. into the Isn't Conjuring. Annabelle two, The Conjuring. No, The Conjuring. Conjuring is Annabelle three. Yeah, what I have no the... idea. That's no, not my no, no, The Conjuring is just following the Warren family, so the, the Warren couple, which is the same family in the movie. No, the Warren, the Warren couple are the demonologists who help people. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, so it's like Columbo. Yes. All right. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> but so the movie almost takes off. So I did some research on it and I was scrolling through that director. He's directed three other films. Uh, the one that really stood out to me was Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which oh, is a okay. horrible piece of shit. So uh, he made Mortal Kombat Annihilation, didn't make another movie. Then he made Annabelle, which grossed. Are you ready for this? I, I looked it up online. $270 million worldwide on a budget oh. of $3 million. Oh, Blue, Jason Bloom at Bloomhouse knows how to market movies. He totally does. <laughs> he knows how to make them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I watched that. I also watched, uh, fuck, I have to look at my Twitter feed because I forget. Um, how like you described like that is how I can, how I usually describe the 2015 version of Poltergeist. Oh, yeah, it got right. like a lot of stuff right, but it got like even more stuff wrong. Yeah. Like my wife really wanted to see that and she actually enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. you know, it's my wife, of course. But she feeds water to cats. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. I also... There's a drought in California. I can't believe I forgot this one. So <laughs> there was... We could save all of California if Laura would just let that cat die. Right. The There's an Australian zombie film that's gotten a lot of... I saw this too. Yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So I'll save that one too. So we'll skip... I'll, I'll skip that one as well. I, I also <laughs> watched uh, Back to School, which is a Ronnie Dangerfield classic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that movie is really funny still. And it's racist and awesome. 
what, what? You just have to watch it. And it's like sexist. Like, Roddy Dangerfield in it, uh, owns a big and tall shop. And he, his new line of clothes is called the Hindenburg. And they make toys for kids. And it's like the plump patch kids. So it's like fat babies. <laughs> it's just really funny. And, and Sam Kinison is in it. Now, I don't know if you know who Sam Kinison is. He's a guy who yells a lot. Yeah. And he, he's, uh, a professor of, uh, American, contemporary American history. And he has like the best scene in the movie. He says, does anyone know why in 1975 we left Vietnam? And then some girl in the front says the answers, you know, the real answer. And he's, he's like, yeah, you're right. And he just like unloads. It's so funny. I love it. I, I don't want to do it because I can't do the scene justice. Just know yeah, yeah. that if you see back to school and watch the Rodney Dangerfield bit, it's great. Now, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Um. He really doesn't do very much in it, but he's kind of funny as a kooky, like, sidekick guy mm-hmm. named Derek Lutz. Klutz, something like that. Um, uh, Billy Zapka. Z- Zap- What's the dude's name from Karate Kid? William Zap mm. with the bad guy. Mm. William Zapka. Does that sound right? Something like that. Sure. He's the bad guy in this one. Uh, you know, he's has a mullet of blonde hair. It's called John Kreese. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh, no, no. It's the it's the kid, right? Not the, not the coach? No, it's not the coach. It's, yeah, it's the... Mind. Sweep the leg, the guy who actually sweeps the leg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the movie's fun. It's, you know, just silly. And if you wanted to watch an 80s school movie, it's pretty much hits all the, all the cliches. You know, the, it's not the Dean. The Dean's actually really likes Rodney Dangerfield's character because he donates money to the school constantly. And, but he, the guy who doesn't like him is the business guy, uh, teacher. And he's this like snooty British guy. And it's funny. Because Rodney Dangerfield's like, you know nothing about uh, business, snooty English guy. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> That's not really how it goes in there. Um, <laughs> so I also watched Wormwood, which is an Australian zombie film. Oh, I've been meaning to see that. Which uh, Brad, you saw as well. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of it? Uh, it was awful. Do you think it was awful? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was pretty fun. Wow. Okay. It. I was, Someone I was tell out me about like the first five minutes. Really? I really wanted to see it, but just based on, I didn't see any, I just, like that poster is so yeah, cool to me. Yeah, the poster's cool. Like, uh, the poster's uh, nothing like the movie. Oh. I was gonna say, you remember Except the for maybe for the Mad first Max? two minutes. I was gonna say, that dude wears that almost the whole movie though. Like, Not, yeah. they, they do like the intros, uh, oh, anyways, in the movie, uh, there's a zombie plague that happens in Australia that they really don't explain. I guess they kinda do, but not really. Do you need to explain a zombie no. plague? No, and yeah, so. They don't explain anything. So it just goes from this guy killing zombies to meeting these people and killing more zombies. Uh, they kidnap his sister, like the government, and they inject her with zombie blood, and she gets the ability to telepathically control zombies. Control zombies. Wait, is, she, is she Alice? Yeah, yeah. So she has the ability to control zombies. Um, and she gets injected by some weirdo scientist, scientist guy, dude yeah. who's always like, dancing around and acting like Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Goodbye, yeah. Would you bite me? And periodically he's I not paying attention. Me. Like, and one of the cage zombies will try to grab at him, and he's like, "No, no, no!" <laughs> so lame. It's and then just... the other guys like accidentally kill each other yeah. periodically. But that, that part was funny though, just periodic. They're, they're running through the woods, and uh, the main guy is picked up after he tries to kill himself because he had to kill his wife and daughter because they turned into zombies. And it was a pretty cool scene. And he's gonna commit suicide, and, and then yeah, then this other guy saves him. So they're walking through the woods. And the one dude who saves him gets his head blown off. And, 
And the dude has like blood all over him. He's like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? The guy comes around like, oh shit, man, I'm sorry. Is that guy fucking dead? <laughs> I think he's fucking dead. <laughs> I think he's fucking dead. Wait, is this like a comedy or is it supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> it's like this bizarre, I'm surprised you didn't like it. It's basically like your hobo with a shotgun Father's Day thing where it's not as creative, <laughs> like goofy. Creative? <laughs> uh, the only th- downside is because it is low budget. I don't like when they use CG effects constantly for like head explosions. Yeah. Um, I, I like that practical thing because you can, it, it just doesn't look right. Well, even like from my perspective, like, I think like, I don't know if it was supposed to be going up comedy or whatever, but like, even like, like the, the, like the fake explosion that had CGI, mm-hmm. I think it's always like, even if they want to be like a funny, just have like a watermelon explode, like yeah, have it like right? obviously be a watermelon. That's what I'm saying. But I actually had fun. It's pretty gory. That's it. I, I kind of disagree. The poster's like Matt and Max meets, meets Don yeah. the Dead. Not really. Just because they're like driving that, one modified, which they modify this. <laughs> they go into a barn and it just happens to have all this stuff they need to modify this. <laughs> it's funny though, they find out that the zombie's blood is like fuel, so they hook up zombies to it <laughs> and drive their car. This sounds awesome. I thought How it was is, pretty fun. Uh, 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 is there a scene where they like, is there like a end of Back to the Future 1 scene where they're like taking zombie parts and putting it into like a Mr. Coffee looking thing and and it grinds yeah. up the zombies know, into like fuel. About ten or twenty minutes, and I stopped paying attention. And just... oh goddamn! Well, that uh, was, uh, all right. So his review doesn't matter then. <laughs> <laughs> just know that it's That's a fun. All I want to know zombie movie where I came back when the one chick was like injected and she like started controlling the zombies and yep. Then there's like an well, they do. A it sounds thing. like a mess. No, they do pretty fun thing. I mean, so during night, the zombies actually become more aggressive and they can run and jump like the 28 days later infected people sure and during the day they're a little slower okay that's cool no i mean it's fun i mean it's and if with some weird animal sound when they scream no more high pitched than that it sounds like 28 days later to me (laughs) that was like that was more of a murloc (laughs) i know i had fun with it i thought it was a pretty fun movie i mean it's and then the guy kisses his wife but he doesn't get infected yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> oh, does does she has blood all over her face, and that's how she get, gets infected. But he kisses her. I don't know if that's how she gets. Because then, how did the kid get infected? I think I, yeah, I, I think assume blood got on her or something. I think it's something like The Walking Dead, where sometimes people get affected and some infected and some don't. Can oh, you, it was some people have certain blood types. Yeah, so those two. Yeah. yeah. Okay, whatever. Can you really get infected from love? What? Clearly, you haven't seen um, Notebook. <laughs> just know it's like super violent and lots of fun. If you like zombie movies, you'll probably like it. Cool. And it's different. I mean, they do wear all that armor stuff and blow zombies away. Brad doesn't count. He, he stopped paying attention to it. What else did you guys watch together this week? Uh, we also watched Batman 1989. I actually watched it just before I came and saw the other movie. Funny. Um, we have this disagreement. I don't think I've seen it since the podcast started. Sure. Brad's pretty sure I have, but I think I've just trashed it almost once a month since we started this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure like maybe a year ago you watched it and then you were talking about how goofy it was. I don't think so. It's not compared great. Compared to any stuff. I don't think so. Because I got the... Because the last time I remember watching it is you let me borrow... You had like the really nice DVD set that had all the extra special features and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time I remember watching it. So that was seven years ago? Yeah. Does I was at my cousin's house. Does he still catch a bullet? I don't think he catches him. He deflects him. No, there's that scene where he drops down in the alley and he's like, I'm Darth Vader. And then he, the guy shoots him in the hand. Nope. That's not in that movie. No. no? He does this. Yeah, he does this to deflect it. it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. And then maybe you should watch the movie again. And then he pulls that guy in the face. 
Yeah. Uh, so watching the movie again, being removed from it for seven years or long enough where I don't remember watching it. <laughs> um, it the movie's fun. Yes. And, I, and I don't mind. I actually have, I, I think it's too because I've watched so many shitty comic book movies <laughs> that I put in this one. I'm like, oh, this one actually kind of cool, you know? Uh, it, it, it's an interesting balance because I was watching the special features afterwards and you have Michael Uslan and Stan Lee and all these guys on there talking about, oh, you know, this is a dark Batman. And I'm watching them. This is a really dark Batman to me. To me, it's a mixture of wanting to be dark Batman and the 66 Batman mm-hmm. because there are some really comic parts in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, all the Joker's men are wearing jackets with the Joker's insignia on it. He has cars that are painted like the Joker. Which, he has a helicopter. Do that, yeah. I know he has a <laughs> helicopter that has a Joker's stuff, and I can get look past that stuff. But also, too, the part where he's taking Vicky Vale up the church tower um, and like taking her clothes off constantly, <laughs> and Batman knows she's up there, dude. You don't have to leave him a trail. Uh, well, he's insane. So yeah, but he gets to the top, and there's all of a sudden henchmen up there. Where the fuck did those guys come from? <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is the thing that makes me mad about snotty movie people is they say how great Batman is and they always trash Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Spider-Man doesn't have goofy shit like this in it. Uh, well, when does Spider-Man fight henchmen? Uh, th- there aren't really henchmen in Spider-Man Yeah, movies. lawyered. I mean, that's the thing. He gets to the, he, no, he gets to the top and there, all of a sudden there's henchmen around. <laughs> I'm going to say that they were dropped off by the helicopter ahead of time. No, because he had, you radioed the helicopter. like, meet me in 10 minutes. Yeah, but the helicopter came by like an hour earlier. And there's like <laughs> six of them in the helicopters. <laughs> And then what's up with Vicky Vell at that point? Why is she so, like, dead or, like, he's dancing with her and she's like, I don't get it. I don't fucking Walt, understand Tim Burton. She's, she's really miserable good. around him. Uh, Jack Nicholson's great in it, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually, I didn't understand, I think, watching it a while ago, but when he goes, you are my number one. He's actually making fun yeah. of Jack Palance. Like Jack Palance impression. Yeah. yeah, and it's pretty funny. Uh, but that's what I mean. It strikes this balance between 1966 Batman, where the Joker is more of a clown and he's not mm-hmm. really threatening to me at all. You know, he has that hand buzzer where he shakes that guy's hand, which is really the, the end effect is cool, where the dude's like a burnt up skeleton. Yeah. Um, but he's still really great in the movie. I won't take anything away from Jack Nicholson in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think he has lots of fun. Um, I think Michael Keaton is actually a really cool Batman. I don't know why people, I don't think they trash him now, but, um, they're yeah. so afraid of him doing it, but he's actually pretty good. He kind of plays, uh, I mean, there are some cute scenes in it. I like the scene where he's infatuated with Vicky Vale and he's kind of following her around and Alfred's following him and picking up all the stuff that he's leaving behind. I think those are cute scenes. Um, I don't know. It just, there's something about that movie. I think it's just, it, I think it's confused on what it wants to be, but if you take it from the time where it's at. Yeah, you gotta yeah. remember it's a product yeah. of its time. Yeah, and I, I did some research. It's only, its budget was 36 million. And I mean, oh. and it looks pretty great for a 36, I mean, it's 89. I mean, right. that's probably like, there's a lot of 80, matte paintings, 50 and million, stuff. 85, 90 million now. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, you know, I, when I was a kid, I loved the movie. And when I was watching it again, I said, yeah, I can see why I really like this movie. And I don't think, I'm gonna watch Batman Returns because I still think Batman Returns is better. But, I don't know yet now because I actually had a lot of fun watching it, and I, I was hoping the special features had like the Pizza Hut commercial and <laughs> Alfred selling Diet Coke, mm-hmm. the Bugs Bunny yeah. commercial. Um, but yeah, it's it's just there. Uh, I, I do like uh, I like what's the reporter guy's name? Knox. Knox. I like his character a lot. 
because uh, I, I even put the quote in my tweet. They say he can't be killed. They say he drinks blood. Um, there's some great moments in the film, but I just think it's too... You little gore into the fangs. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's... Uh, that's Bob Kane in it. It's yeah. signed by Bob Kane. It's kind of a cute well, it's little... it's not actually Bob Yeah, Kane. it's kind of a cute little... Yeah. Like the character is Bob Kane. It's the, the signature's on it. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a cute little nod. And it's... I think that's just a product of its time because I think they didn't want to get rid of the total campiness of the 66 where people recognized it, but they also wanted to push Batman a little darker. And I think that's where they get with Batman Returns. And maybe it's just because mm. I love Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Mm. Like, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is an amazing character. I actually think Batman Returns is more polished than... Yeah, Batman's. I think Batman's a little grittier production design wise. Yeah, it seems dirtier. Um, because they're just kind of making it up as they go. But you, uh, what what do you love about it, Brad? You you mentioned that it's one of the best movies of all time. Um, so <laughs> that I'm may be curious. an exaggeration, but um, <laughs> I, no, it's it's not just a good Batman movie, but it's like a good movie, and it's sort of simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's like goofy stuff, like you know how does does the Joker have like an embroider like on call <laughs> in the uh, auto shop to paint all of his vehicles like right away? Um, I don't know. Just uh, something about that movie. Just everything fires on all cylinders and like production design, script, dialogue is good. Um, acting is good. And yeah. I mean, this is cool. I mean, and yeah, it's like a, it, re- the comics back then look like that movie. Um, oh yeah, I'm and not... yeah, it, it takes uh, elements from 1966 just because that was like the only other thing before it. And that's what I mean. I think that's uh, why it's can. I mean, I can say it's confused now because there's you know the hindsight of history, but yeah, I mean, because the thing is, is Jack Nicholson's Joker is like a blend of Cesar Romero and I don't know it's like Frank that... Miller's Joker, where he's a little more evil. I mean, the, the movie is violent though. I mean, it's uh, when the Joker kills people. I, I mean, he has no remorse for it. Yeah. Um, Kills his best friend. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like really unceremoniously, too. Yeah. Gun and shoots him. I mean, I like stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, and Batman misses him with the bat <laughs> machine guns. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's... And the, the campy part is, you know, he's always shows up on TV and stuff, I think. You know, it's meh. But then you have the scenes where he's inside his lair or something, and I think they're really brilliant. And you see... Kills two TVs. Yeah, you see an actor really enjoying the role. Mm-hmm. And for someone who didn't want to do it yeah. and gets top billing over Batman, which is still weird to me. Well, he got a production money or producer money, so that's why and he's probably dancing is, so hard. Was Keaton billed first on Batman Returns? Yes. And then Val Kilmer, was he billed first on Forever? I think so. I think it was. but Maybe Schw- Jim Carrey. But Schwarzenegger was billed first on Batman and Robin. Yeah. So they kind of was like, oh, Batman's stupid. Well, I think it's just a... That's a marketing thing, but... And just a actor value thing, like... Yeah, it's just interesting to me. Jack Nicholson, obviously more established than Keaton, so he's going to get first billing, regardless of character. Because Same thing with Schwarzenegger. Because it seems that now you get so many great actors doing superhero films, and back then it was kind of different that you saw jack nicholson do something like that well it's from the era of stars yeah there really aren't stars these days yeah yeah like robert redford i like robert redford i, I do too he's also recently been in a superhero movie i know actually That's he's awesome. a super villain he says he says he says fucking hell hydra spoiler 
That's awesome. So yeah, I actually I enjoyed it more watching it again. Um, Good. You know, there's still I still get I I don't like his origin at all. It still bothers me. But you know, he falls in a vat of. No, no, not Joker, Batman. That Jack Jack Napier killed his family. That one still bothers me. But yeah, that's like you gotta think that they didn't think there was gonna be a sequel to this movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a standalone thing. And that too, and they're they're trying. I when I watch it now, I think they're just trying to make it accessible for people who don't know who Batman is. Right. You know, because yeah. also they have that weird scene where Keaton's really good in it, but Vicky Vale is trying to convince him that she loves him. And it's like, that seems, seems really weird. And Alfred just is going to lead her into the Batcave. I know. As a kid, I saw that. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Alfred would never do that. But yeah, again, it's like... It's like they have to know. They had to add extra weight to the... Exactly. And you didn't need it because... That's what I mean. Like, you didn't need it. You know, I, the scene General where, audiences needed it. Yeah. The scene where... I, I love the scene where... There's a message from Vicky Vale, and she says, I'll meet you at the museum, but to be 10 minutes late. And then he's like, oh, I didn't invite her to the museum. And then it's a really cool setup, and I think that works. Hit her falling in love with him? Yeah, I can do without it. <laughs> but yeah, it's still cool. I still like when the Batwing goes in front of the moon. I think that's a sweet shot. There's some like really great, like when he jumps through the skylight to rescue her in that. Oh, yeah. And the whole Joker deflate, like that whole scene, despite the Prince music, just defacing all the stuff. And oh, yeah, no, it's really The reveal cool. of the Batmobile. Mm. Yeah, if Batman kills a lot of people in that movie, remember he drops the bomb at Axis Chemicals and it blows up with all the henchmen <laughs> in it, and then he's finding the dude yeah, in the bell tower. <laughs> he's finding the dude in the bell tower and just throws him off the edge. It's like wow, Batman. Yeah. I thought Batman didn't kill. When Batman right. returns. He stuffs dynamite down a henchman's pants right. and tosses him in the sewer. <laughs> he just doesn't kill on screen. It's yeah. different. Uh, no, that one dude he threw down the bell tower, he put him in his legs and flipped yeah. him over and the it's dude okay fell all the way if down. if you don't get caught. <laughs> and can you say he killed the Joker? Or is he trying to keep him from escaping? Because, <laughs> I mean, the gargoyle... <laughs> he didn't know that gargoyle was going to break <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I always thought it was creepy, though. I do love the shot, too, where the Joker's dead and that thing, the laughing box is laughing. He's like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. It's good. But then, you know, that's before Tim Burton was really Tim Burton. He had like two or three movies. That's like before. when Tim Burton was Tim Burton. Like that. That's before Tim Burton became like I think Hot Topic. Had, I just, yeah. I think like, that was his second film, wasn't it? I think so. Second? Yeah, I think he did Pee-wee and did that. He did, did Pee-wee and then that. And then yeah. Beetlejuice was... Or was it? No, Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands? Yeah. I think it was Pee-wee, Beetlejuice, and then Batman. Because obviously he had ke- he gotten Wait, was Edward Scissorhands? Oh, that's right. Really huh? Was Edward Scissorhands in the 80s? 90. No, was right. 1990. Yeah, I was like, yeah. but it's wow, it's, it's so old ago. Yeah, I think Beetlejuice was 88 or 87. I'm not sure. I bet if I type he in Tim, Tim Burton comes up really soon. Not right below Tim Curry on IMDb. Wow, really? I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands <laughs> is 1990, and then yeah, he made Batman Returns. Returns. Let's see. Go Pee Wee! I love Pee Wee's Big Adventure. As soon as he's yeah, Beetlejuice 1988. So he's probably working on Beetlejuice knowing he's getting Batman and said Michael Keaton would be awesome. Mm. Because he probably knew that Michael Keaton was the best part of Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people remember that Beetlejuice isn't that good of a movie. Oh, I rewatched it. Well, I didn't even worry. I watched it the first time like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is like really not as good as people have made it out no, to be. Like, Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton is amazing. Yeah, he's the only good part of the film. And he's like, in it for five minutes. The part where like Alec Baldwin and his wife go into a Dali painting, mm-hmm. what looks like... It's yeah. like it's like wow, you did not you shouldn't have made this in like the nineties <laughs> or the eighties. Hey, where you going? Nice fucking model. 
<laughs> what else you watch this week, Brad? My turn? Yeah. Change, um, right? Yeah. It's like we're assholes. <laughs> Why would I possibly be? Never mind. <laughs> um, so. Because James' favorite movie is Beetlejuice. Oh. Uh, sorry, James. No, I've never seen it. Oh. 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 Yeah. Don't worry. You didn't just spoil it for me by telling me that it's not very good. <laughs> Brad, what have you been watching? I watched the second season of BoJack Horseman came oh, out. Oh, it's so good. And that's funny. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the same thing going on. He's still trying to get his shit together. It's the same thing, but like, I feel like it has like, it's almost like it turns more into a drama towards the end of it. Like, yeah. even like towards the beginning of it. But like, it's very much like, it's just like everything in his life is just going downhill. Like as soon as it looks like it has like a glimmer of hope, he destroys it. Yeah, the season starts out where he's like he's motivated, he's like exercising, yeah. he's trying to get his career back on track. He's in that uh Sea Biscuit movie. Yeah, yeah. And then it just go kind of goes all downhill. Yeah. Um just... and then they bring on some cre- pretty interesting side characters. Um and uh what's his buddy Aaron Paul's yeah, yeah, yeah. character. Um he has some fun like B story yeah. and stuff. So enjoying that, but it's, it's, it's a shame. It's only like 11 episodes. Yeah. Did done. you finish it? Yeah. Uh, without like, I don't want to spoil it, but like, like the second to last episode, like when he does that one horrible act, do you know what I'm talking about? With the daughter? Yeah. Do you think he actually, <laughs> well, now do you, it sounds horrible. Do you think he actually intended to do it or to think like he would, it just looked, it was a bad, like it was wrong time, wrong place. Uh, um, I mentioned this I think, like, he actually intended on doing it, but other people that just think, like, she came in at the wrong moment. Well, he told her to go away, and then, yeah, got back to, like, like I, th- I think she didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think she pursued him a little bit more, mm-hmm. and he just stopped resisting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think, I feel like, I want to give him more credit. He probably deserves <laughs> it. I want him to be like, that didn't, he didn't mean for that to happen, but. It's, I really like that show. Yeah. Does, does does the horse have sex with a girl? A lot of animals know. have sex with each other. Because <laughs> oh, like man. in the world they live in, like there's humans and there's also like humanoid animal people. <laughs> yeah, um, and they all fornicate with each other. Nice um, horse. It's actually surprisingly like a a good blend of drama and comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. for what you assume just be like an absurd. I've never seen it because I just look at it and I see. Uh, like a horse head thing. Well, yeah. Well, and that's the, yeah. Of the, yeah. It's, and then there's tons of like funny, famous people yeah. doing voices in it. Pat Oswald does like, <laughs> like a seal. It's like, it's like Seal McBeal, the Navy the Seal. seal. Like, yeah. Is Pat Oswald as funny as a little master shake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay, I love my daddy. <laughs> he's also like the, the mole agent or something. Yeah. yeah. My favorite episode in the entire second season when he goes on the, uh, like the game show. Oh and yeah. He specifically chooses to burn the orphanage money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a chance to win money for orphans and he just, he just like, Daniel Rad- fuck with Daniel Radcliffe. Earlier Daniel instead. Radcliffe uh like doesn't remember him from a party. And so when the question ends up being like, Who played what actor played Harry Potter in the Harry Potter films? And he's standing right next to him, he's like, Oh, I don't know. He goes trying to think, uh Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like the like the money catches on fire and explodes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, then I also watched, um, all six Rocky movies. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Netflix said, 
here's three. I was like, oh, okay, I'll just watch three. And then when I was another three, it said like, oh, by the way, we have four. Like, oh, okay, I'll watch four. And then it was like, by the way, we also have one. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll start at the beginning. And then eventually I figured out they were all on there. So. so in what order did you watch them? I think I went three. No, I went three, two, one. No, I went three, two, four, one. What? And five. <laughs> and Rocky Balboa, uh, they don't have on there. So. Oh, they don't have the second best Rocky movie? <laughs> right. It's sitting on my shelf on Blu-ray, but I was too lazy to go up and get it. <laughs> so I just put like the other ones back on again. Um, and like as a so- like as six movies, I feel it's really consistent. Like a lot of people say five sucks, like really sucks, but I feel like so that's the one where like he teaches that kid to be an asshole, and then they fight in the street. Um, he doesn't teach him to be an asshole, but Whatever. he neglects his own child in favor of teaching him to be a boxer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. so he's an asshole, and then the kid learns to be an asshole, but somehow he no, didn't no. learn it from Rocky. No, the kid learns to fight for himself, and then puts Rocky in his place, and then okay. the, the new boxer guy becomes an asshole, and so... Uh, after he punches Polly, Rocky fights him in the street. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love the trailer for Creed, by the way. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. But, uh, yeah, I, I think all of the movies are really good. Like, they're all like a natural progression of this one story, you know. Um, Which was good, the robot. Is that four? That's four, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. That was it, good. It starts and ends in four, so you never see what happens. I, I assume he got, um. Well, he, he's gotta lose the robot at the beginning of five when he gets all four. Yeah. It just, it we don't see, yeah, we don't, we don't see it, like, getting shoved into no, a box, guys, like, crying. That, that robot is the robot that the kid finds in Real Steel. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so Real Steel is actually, like, Rocky No, no, nine. no, don't you taint this. Don't you taint this with your Real Steel. I've only seen the first Rocky, so, like, from you explaining, like, and then there's this robot, and then they fight in the street, it's like, then they do, like, street fighting, it's just like, like, okay. it gets progressively more insane. So, he fights Mr. T. Yeah, he, he becomes a superstar in the way that all modern boxing people are, of, of course, because you know who the biggest boxers of the world are right now. Floyd uh, Mayweather. Yeah. Do you really? Oh, because I don't have a fucking clue. So, um, yeah, he, he gets really rich. And his son gets older, he buys a son a robot, which like is like a butler and it brings him drinks and shit. Uh, and then that robot, uh, falls in love with him. And then, cause the robot's a woman. And oh. then the robot actually like goes crazy and kills the maker and, uh, and then breaks out of the place that they're in. Is there a boxing the match between the robot and Rocky? No. Yeah. And then the he just blamed that within it, with Ex Machina. Oh shit, you're right. That was a different movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I was like, this sounds so weird. Like, Rocky Four is a really good movie. And then Hugh Jackman <laughs> finds the robot in this no <laughs> his scrapyard, and he trains it to fight with his son. I wanna, that is awesome. I want to see a Rocky, Rocky spinoff. The background of the scene. Yeah. I want to see a Rocky spinoff where Rocky has to teach that robot how to fight. <laughs> it's real steel. No, like the the villain from like one of the robots from Real Steel shows up to beat up Rocky's robot. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. So, how are the Rocky movies? I must break you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's got Ivan Drago's brain in it. Oh yes, it's like RoboCop. Oh, that'd be yeah. sweet. Rocky like, versus RoboCop. Yeah. MGM, if you're listening, we have a great idea for the next Rocky. I think they're both yeah. MGM properties. They could do it because <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They can't be that much, right? Ivan Drago. <laughs> Ivan Drago is injecting nuke into his bloodstream while in an 80s robot that is designed to serve drinks, <laughs> but it has to fight. 
the Rocky Cinematic Universe has, been, has begun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to be on an article on Slash Film. Uh, James Hart, Ryan Frost, and Bradley Hayes are the new architects for the, the Rocky <laughs> shared universe. It's called, it's called Rocky Knock Your Block Off. <laughs> it's called Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> yeah. Rock shared em universe. Sock'em Robots. Cinematic Ro- universe. Rocky Socks Rock Them Robots. robots. Yep. Oh. No, really, Brad, how are the Rocky movies? I think they're really good. Like, <laughs> you could watch all six straight through and feel like you watched, like, one giant movie. Like, yeah. they're that consistent and, um, the um, writing and emo- like emotions are there. Um, like like I said, people hating on five. I don't. S- the only f- weird thing is when he does street fight, he does like these weird, um, like uh, break dancing moves to fight Rocky him. Does I don't remember it at all. He like trips him, and it's, it's just like I've never seen Rocky do any kind of mm. yeah, drop like, to the ground move. Yeah, it's like there's martial arts in there a little bit. Yeah, it's like he learned it from the streets. Like I didn't see him do that ever in Rocky 1 before he became a boxer. So no, the, the whole point of Rocky 1 is that he just gets punched. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do anything else. He just knows how to take a punch. Uh, what matters is not how many hits you take, but that you are able to get back. Doesn't matter how. Hit. Doesn't matter how many times you can get hit. Some, I don't know. It's how it's many times ending. you can get and still keep moving forward. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you guys are so inspirational. <laughs> um... This is the best part of the Creed trailer. Oh, yeah. So good. I want to see that movie. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that movie is going to be better than Southpaw. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, those are awesome. And then uh, the last thing I watched is I went to the drive-in again. Oh. And they had a triple feature of uh, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, Ant-Man, and Terminator Genesis. Wow. That's pretty That's fun. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a good one. Rogue Nation was... Uh, yeah, it's the story of the IMF has to be disbanded and they have to prove their innocence, but yeah. the stunts are awesome. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so that makes up for it. Um, yeah. Um, it's not a groundbreaking Mission Impossible movie, but it's still, again, cons- consistent. I think they're yeah, as far as that pretty awesome series too. is concerned. The only sore spot is two. It's the only one I can be like, oh, that's not the same as the other ones. I don't, and I just, I don't think it's a sore spot. I think it's a fine, fun film with too much slow motion. (laughs) I I love the scene in Rogue Nation where she's like stalking the dude with a knife. Oh, that's good. The whole knife fight is great. And then, then Ethan Hunt is running really fast. I like when when Ethan Hunt can't use the keys to get out of his cuffs, so he like flips on his back on the post and like shimmies his way up and over the post. Yeah. I, I love that Ethan Hunt through many scenes in that movie is not able like can't save himself and ends up either like getting being late to the fight or getting saved i love that yeah and that car flip sucked it was oh so clearly bad. cgi but uh still the chase where he pulls the brake and yeah, slides the it sideways cool. yeah and yeah. the girl uses the motorcycle like tap all their tires and knock them down before she splits it's good yeah good shit in there Oh, and then when he gets sucked into the airplane, that was a little CGI. Yeah. Flop it around. Like, he should have a broken neck. Or I mean, get sucked right up. Actually yeah, break it... Tom Cruise's neck. Like. Well, <laughs> but I, I thought it'd be more, it would have been more interesting if he did get sucked out the back hatch <laughs> after getting inside. <laughs> and then he had to find some way to, like, get a parachute on his way down. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have that great scene where he straps the nukes to him and he looks at the dude <laughs> and shrugs and then gets sucked out. That's yeah. awesome. So that yeah, movie's pretty fun. I cannot yeah. confirm or deny that that um, was the best Mission Impossible. I mean, they already like. Confirmed. I can confirm it's not. 
they're filming the sixth one next summer. Yeah. yeah. What could they possibly do? Like, <laughs> Dimef has to disband. And do you, well, like, do you no. hear how they write the scripts for those? Well, it's like they find like the one like actually was a movie, Yeah, Tom right? Cruise is like, I want to do this. And they say, okay. Well. Like, what could they do now? He's climbed the tallest building in the world. He's ridden an airplane. Like, I don't know. Uh, honestly, you know, uh, after watching Mission Impossible 1 this week, I, I want them to, I want them to go back. Just I guess like they could the, scale it back. I, yeah, like I want, yeah. I want a movie where it's like hard. I want a scene where he sits at a computer and just like stares at it, trying to think about what a password is. And it's one <laughs> shot for thirteen minutes. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt has to hold eye contact with <laughs> a computer screen. Job, or else three, job, the bomb will job, detonate. Job three six. Job three three six. Hmm. How about I sit here all night and send emails till I'm tired? There's a scene in that movie where he sits all night and sends emails until he's tired. It's awesome. See, what's cool about Tom Cruise, though, is if you go to his IMDb page, he has seven upcoming projects. Yeah. That means he's working on seven things. And three of them in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Look at that. In production, Mission Impossible 6. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and, of course, I stayed through Ant-Man and Terminator because Ant-Man, I sort of nodded off here and there when I first saw it. Um, so I just wanted to see what I missed. And I didn't really miss much other than the finding out where... Um, Hank Pym's wife went to like that whole thing. Oh, you slept through that? Yeah. No, that's too bad. So that explains what that emotional arc was about. And then, uh, <laughs> explains all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the movie was about the same as what I remembered it. Yeah. Even though I, yeah, missed parts of it. And then Tremere Genesis still sucks. Sucks balls. I was so. No, it doesn't. I enjoyed being in alone in my car because I was able able to yell obscenities at the screen when, you know, there was shitty dialogue or just stuff that doesn't make sense. Yeah, like the shitty dialogue in Terminator 2. Mm, no, mm-hmm. they they put a rain on the I shit. need a vacation. That's what I have to say. It doesn't have Jay, Jay Courtney like expositing stupid dot, stupid plot stuff. It also has a Terminator game or defending the movie. He's dying. Huh? <laughs> that's like actually, one thing like at the that. end of the movie. I actually and, really like that. And then, yeah, also, I need a vacation. Um, that's fine i think sarah connor i think linda hamilton is a horrible actress it doesn't have edward furlong <laughs> and his, squeal- My his squealing <laughs> noise yo, yo fuck you man she's a priority to me fuck you man <laughs> i feel like terminator genesis is like does so much takes so much time in the movie to just defend itself yeah i don't know i don't get that but we hey. should just Go to the drive-in and we'll sit there and watch it and like record us record a little <laughs> critique of a it commentary. live. Yeah, like, we should do. We could do a commentary to Genesis. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll pre-order it. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah. It'll come with my Jurassic World. I hate you. So they make a big deal about like only organic flesh can go through the time portal. Yet Terminators think... built out of metal have been going through it for years. Hold on, that's in the first fucking movie. They say that. Y- yes. Because that's why he shows up naked in the first movie. I know, but naked has nothing to do with it because everyone's like has metal endoskeletons, so they I, should just I'm describe just saying, it as there's a thing you're nitpicking the fourth movie for the fifth movie for a thing set up by James Cameron in the first movie. They do that, but do they say that's the? Mm-hmm. the I'm pretty law? positive, yeah. They do. That's okay. right. Because they ask him, "Why didn't you bring like a laser gun or something?" Yeah, back well, I don't think you. the first movie is that great anyway. But <laughs> I agree with you. But they say the it again. The first is the worst of all of them. One. Oh god, these guys. And yeah. like the first, a, the worst a, a nano terminator goes through, which is fine. So. Yeah, god, this wow. is going to be a whole different podcast. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, like, I'm not a big fan of the Terminator films, but, the, like, they, I would never say the first one's worse than, like, 3 or Salvation. I really like, like 3, and I think Salvation is is potentially cool. So you just absolutely hated the first one. I don't man. like the first one very much. Wow. Yeah. So, Akana. Go ahead, Brad. Twice in this movie, <laughs> whole scenes are built around the fact that people have to get naked and go through the time portals. Yeah. Long extended scenes, and yet, you know... Like, hey, we can't have metal going through here, and yet... And the climax hinges on the fact that metal goes into it and fucks it up. Yeah. And yet, John Connor, Nano Terminator, came back at some point through it just fine. And uh, it was- that's not metal. It's nanotechnology. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's flesh turned into robots. They say that. They fucking say that. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty damn fun. But here's the thing Impervious with, metal but the thing flesh with time, robots. But the like, thing with time travel movies is you can't take the time travel seriously. Yeah, you... That's not to do with the time travel. is the fact that yeah, the it's movie... The time travel he element. defeats the Terminator by, put, like, by putting two metal hold Terminators on, hold on, into hold it. On. To just sh- the T-1000 is liquid out. metal, and it goes back in the second one, and you love that movie. Fuck you. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with metal going through it. I'm just saying, like... The liquid metal Terminator goes back just fine, yet the way they defeat the Terminator in this movie is like using that device to just... Uh. You're right. Yeah, I know <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> think of a better climax, Terminator Genesis. I I just think the movie's pretty fun, except for the helicopter chase. I had fun watching it. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was all right. It wasn't like my favorite. I, know, I is, thought they had movies problems. can just be fun. You don't have to treat them so seriously. Yeah, I mean, guys. one it's thing like I do want to say about Terminator Genesis is that it has one of the coolest. Not even actually, was but like it's one of the coolest sequences in like any film I've seen this year. It's when like uh, John Connor is walking away from like the MRI machine and he's leaving like like almost a skeleton cool. of him yeah, like in every thing. step. That was the coolest thing I saw yeah. in the entire film. Yeah, I'll agree. That is a yeah. good idea. And like, the Terminator series as a whole is just chock full of holes and shit that doesn't make any sense. Like, it on its face is based on shit that doesn't make any sense. So, like, I just feel like nitpicking the fifth one for the same mistakes that all other four films make is dumb. I don't have problems I think with, the, like, fun movie the continuity fun. of it. I just, like, I don't know, it just never really got me. Like, also, I sure. don't think Emilia Clarke or Jay Courtney... Are good enough to be the leads in those in the films. Yeah. I like, like Amelia Clark. I thought she was good. I did not think she was good. Like the I entire, felt like a little kid was. That's exactly. Well, been Ed for, Edward Furlong. She felt like oh, really young unfair. to me. If the movie had, how's that unfair? Because Edward Furlong is obnoxious and she's not. <laughs> like she's supposed to be young. It's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Linda Hamilton was twenty three or something yeah. in Terminator One. I don't know. She's she seems like a. Like a teenager. Yeah, like, I got like, you're just if you watch Game of Thrones, you'll know she's I don't not. watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> you're disgusting. She has a contract, so she's, she, she will never do yeah. nudity again now. Which yeah. A better film would have been like. I know. She's beautiful. Like, yeah. them in 84 when, or even before that, like, that whole relationship with her and the Pops Terminator, this little bits of that you got in the movie would, extended would have been way more interesting than just like, I thought they were good. Exploring that relationship. Movie's good. Than just I also make- was one of three people in like my entire theater, and the two other people were like another teenage like couple, and they were sitting literally directly behind me, and for some reason thought they could do a commentary on it. Mm-hmm. They would go in between making out and making commentary. Uh, 
Blah. And it was also loud making out. So it was just overall not a fun experience in the theater. Like, Also, what was their rush to get to 1997 so fast? I mean, they could just have waited out. <laughs> no, they, no, they got to do it while they're young and virile. It's, no, it's actually because she's motivated by the fact that she doesn't want to be stuck in this life where she has to fall in love with the person that they tell her to and like... She is motivated by a desire to change anyway. the future. Uh, now, you know I agree with you. <laughs> I don't like her choice at the end of the film, but still, that movie's good. Yeah. yeah it's more fun to yell at it at the drive-in. What else did you watch, Brad? That's it. Okay. Uh, Let's not forget to do the Alamo. Yeah, here's oh. what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. Hi, my name is Tim Lee. I'm the founder of the Alamo Draft House, and I'm here to tell you about our latest release, The Look of Silence. So imagine a Europe in which Hitler actually won the war and was able to rewrite history with himself as the hero. That is the scenario in Indonesia today, believe it or not. And the movie The Look of Silence is shining a light on this problem and is making tangible changes in Indonesia. So not only is this movie being heralded as a masterpiece by virtually every newspaper in the world, it's also been called one of the greatest documentaries of all time. But I don't think you should watch it just because of that. You should watch it because you can be a part of something incredible and special by supporting The Look of Silence. Uh, the Western Welcome Week special screenings is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Cool. Uh, the Very Spirit sorry. Dinner is Once Upon a Time in the West with Breckenridge Brewery, which is opening also up its really new brewery good. right down the street from the Alamo. Cool. Uh, McCabe and Miss Miller. No idea. No, nope, never heard of that one. Uh, my favorite movie title of the Western ever is The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's a cool movie. Uh, that's a great movie. I think, I think it's one of Brad Pitt's best performances. Yeah. Um, I like that scene where he's got the snake. Yep. I like that scene so much. It was a good year for Casey Affleck. That and Gone Baby Gone. That, that was yeah. a good year for him. Like, oh, yo, Casey Affleck's a good actor. Yeah, he's a really good actor. That's the thing. The Afflecks are great. Um, the Alamo's Kid Camp is the parent trap. Dragon Ball Z Resurrection. The parent trap or the, um, I'm guessing Lindsay it's the Lindsay Lohan, Lohan one. No, I, I suppose it's the original one. It's the original oh, Haley wow, Mills. Okay. Love it. Cool. Mills. Haley Mills. To be fair, I actually really like the Lindsay Lohan one. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I, I actually like her Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I never I, saw I that. I think it's a cute one. I saw cool. it a thousand times because I was seven when it came out, so I had to see it a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> Video Vortex is Blood Massacre, which they had a really cool poster for. That sounds awesome. Where this dude had a saw in his head. Yeah. Um, the Draft, ha- Draft House Films, The Tribe. Oh, I'm so excited for that. What's the, what's the Tribe? The tri- It's a film that's done completely in sign language. It's like about like this boarding school. I think it's like in the Ukraine. And, but it's only for deaf kids. And so it's all through sign language. It won a ton of awards last year. And it, like, it looks, be- apparently it's like the most universal, like, like, film because there's no language in it except for sign language. Is, are there subtitles? Cause I don't. There are subtitles. You don't need to learn sign language well, for you. I know language, a little so. bit. I can say like, why and thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all in sign language, you can talk over the movie, right? Like the yeah. Alamo's not gonna. Uh, sorry. Find Miracle Mile featuring a Q&A with director Steve Dar- DeJarnett. Cool. Also the director of Cherry Bomb 2000. I need to buy that. Uh, the action pack is Friday Movie Party. Um, yeah, that oh. movie, people think it's good and it's not. Friday? Yeah. I've never seen it. Uh, they, do dr- they do drugs on the porch and stuff like that, right? Yep. Okay. 
And then wacky ensues. I've seen people do drugs on porches. Yeah. We live in Colorado. It's kind of hard to avoid. Yeah, I've seen people on porches. You've seen people do drugs on porches. That's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House next week. All right, what's next? Um, Do you have a comic book for us this week? I don't. I forgot. Oh. I'm sorry. Brad, you have a comic book? What a piece of shit. James, do you have a comic book? I started reading one, but I, I, I would feel unfair starting to talk about it yet. I have one. I read the first issue of Years of Future Past. Uh, it's alright. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a dragon in the second one. The what? I'm sorry? Days of Future Past? No, Years of Future It's the one, it's no. part of the whole the thing, the, the Newser Wars. So it's like Kitty Pride's, it's focused on Kitty Pride's daughter. Mm. And the, there's gonna be a dragon or something. I don't know. I read the first issue, it's really confusing. Like a really big so. version of Lockheed? Or is it just a different dragon? I think it's actually Lockheed. So. Oh, okay. Cool. My well, comic book is Fuck Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> My goodness. Hmm. Um, so go to 6700 Wilders Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and see Andrew. And just, he'll just buy anything. He'll he'll punch you to the right comics. <laughs> uh, he really likes Deadly Class. I think the first trade of that came out. Oh, cool. Um, that was a cool one. Yeah. He also really likes DC Comics. He, oh, he loves DC Comics. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan of DC. <laughs> Walk in there and ask him, like, hey, what's the best DC book that's out right now? Actually, I, I, have, I have fun reading uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's really fun. So it's actually uh, Batgirl is the thing that I picked up this week. That oh, you did? Yeah. Pick up Batgirl. Did you pick up Cameron Stewart one? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little ways into it, and it's really good. It is really good. Wait I'll, till you see the, who the villain back. is. Ooh. If you want a good DC comic, the Grayson series is actually pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. If, have you read it? No, I know Barbara Gordon. Is she in that one? Uh, <laughs> I, I I read for Batgirl. I think, she, I think she's in like maybe like one issue. I, I'm a big Dick Grayson fan. Yeah, and so I like followed him from like the New Fifty Two and on, and now like his. Oh, it's like a it's cool. like a secret agent book now, right? Yeah, it's like. So is he fine with his identity being so obvious? Eh, kind of. Okay. Like, <laughs> pretty much just like he. Spoilers for comics that came out years ago. He died in the, like, uh, Nightwing comic for the New 52. And then it's revealed that he's actually a secret agent in, like, this, like, training, like, woman's camp. So there's a lot of shirtless scenes with him. So, ladies, nice. prepare yourself. Um, Isn't that what happens to every Bat character when it dies? Is like. He goes to a. They, they just go camp? No, no, they just they just go underground for a little while and they like find some secret spies yeah, to probably. fight with. That's wonder what's gonna happen with Batman because you know Commissioner Gordon's Batman right now. Yeah. Oh, really? oh wow. Yeah. The description of the most recent one is that like Gordon finds Batman in a weird place. Nice. <laughs> I bet it's a cave. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should really read Endgame if you want to read a cool Batman story because he, him, and the Joker fight to the death. It's awesome. Cool. And the Joker carves a smiley face in Batman's back. It's sweet. Let's do DVD releases. Okay, we do Blu-rays, though. Where did you move in? About five years ago. By the power of Grayskull. Point Break or Bad Boys 2? Which one do you think I prefer? No, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? You are pulling my leg. I'm a fan of VHS. Sweet. <laughs> uh, Person of Interest, Season 4. It's out this week. I didn't know that Joe hadn't been canceled yet. Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which is a British TV little like. So it's series. about two dudes drinking tea? No, it's not. It's like magic. It's not eating I say. Does your <laughs> tea satisfy you? <laughs> I asked for tea at 2 p.m. and it is now 2.05. Would you like a crumpet with your tea, sir? <laughs> Tis. 
Tip top, chip chip. <laughs> I have Earl Grey. <laughs> Later um, we can catch Doctor Who. Oolong tea. You guys done? Big Ben. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Big Ben. Alright, so. Just a euphemism for my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are the worst. I think uh, you just say tis a- for everything for English, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> English. Brad and Ryan adapt, adapt Downtown Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, someone's been murdered in the Abbey. <laughs> we should totally. Is it in I Downtown? say we should have tea and discuss it. <laughs> we should. Totally, we shall. <laughs> we should totally have the two of you do like a live read. I'm pretty sure that's what Downtown Abbey is. Is <laughs> no. people get murdered and they drink tea and talk about it. Just no. like blindly dub all of. Like. <laughs> so what? Is, what is Downtown Abbey about? No one's ever been murdered. Yes, they have. It's I've about read that. No, the guy who dies in the in the first season isn't murdered. Oh, how's he die? Uh, he has slow and painful. No, he has an aneurysm. I say, Sir Charles <laughs> had an aneurysm. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Actually, that's not true because that one woman. Well, we don't know if she got murdered or not. I, said, I knew there was a murder. No, we don't know. If I she knew got there was a murder, or not, and it's not until four seasons. <laughs> Call in. up one of the servants to remove the body. <laughs> <laughs> it's about warring social classes. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not even warring. They're actually like synergistic in a really <laughs> passive, awesome passive aggressive, <laughs> passive aggressively warring classes. No, totally <laughs> British. <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys just don't get it. The butler said he'd bring me my tea by two p.m. <laughs> it is now three. <laughs> We're at war with the butler class. I'm going to dock, dock his pay <laughs> from one shilling to no shillings. <laughs> he he gets a pound. <laughs> Was a shilling more than a pound? I don't know. <laughs> You know what? We kicked the ass in 1776. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. And again in 1812. We'll tell them what kind of currency they can use. Yeah. <laughs> you guys done? Let's go down to Westminster. <laughs> <laughs> Abbey. It's the other Downton Abbey. That's the, that's the Uptown Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> Uptown Abbey is Westminster Abbey. Westminster Abbey has a bunch of like r- rascally street urchin kids. <laughs> Chip chip cheerio. <laughs> I say, I some chilies today. I say, where's me mother? Where's me mother with me porridge? <laughs> you guys are the worst. Uh, oh. This week on a special episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> this week on a rejected episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> please, mother, can I please have some more tea? <laughs> Oliver Twist. <laughs> Downton Abbey, the Oliver Twist years. <laughs> All right, so yes, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, exactly like, exactly like Downton Abbey, Oi, only with I'm magic. Jonathan Strange. <laughs> I think that's Australian. <laughs> it totally is. Crikey, I'm Jonathan Strange. And I'm Mr. Morelli. <laughs> and we're going down under. <laughs> Nurses' dresses. Wow. Anyways, what else is coming up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Down under Abby. Yeah, you're, you're finally done. <laughs> That's the porn. Go down, down under Abby. Abby. <laughs> Go down. <laughs> oh. Hell on Wheels season four. That's uh, still out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a show. It's like Covert Ops. It's like in its seventh season. I'm like, what the hell? It's just it's a, a ripoff. USA it's show. a ripoff of Alias that made it longer than Alias did. Because it's, it's on USA. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, 
Clive Owen's got a show called The Nick, and the first season of it's coming out. Apparently, it's amazing. It was nominated for like a ton of gold. That Globes. definitely sounds British. Right. Really? It, it's super <laughs> it's British. British Dexter. <laughs> uh, no, it's like about I'm going doctor. to nick this guy right in his neck. It's about like a, like a British doctor who up. just like is obsessed with killing people. Mm. So. Hmm. All right. Uh, so, uh, un- uh, unfriended. <laughs> I say, there's a British doctor <laughs> killing everyone. <laughs> I'm going to nickname him The Nick. Because <laughs> he's nicking people off on the streets. Then Mr. B rides in and crashes his <laughs> car into the, into the Abbey. Awesome. <laughs> Mr. Bean meets Downton Abbey. <laughs> that Mr. Bean, he is ruining all our fine china. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great. Atkinson has stopped by Real Nerds podcast. <laughs> Unf- unfriended from the people who brought you the Purge and Ouija is a movie about Facebook killers. So, uh, it's Skype killers. Got to be respectful. Yeah, whatever. The monster that challenged the world. I love this. Nice. This is a great uh, is, a poster. Is there a post? Is there a movie coming out called Burn Witch Burn? I think it's like a sweet cover. Oh, hold on! It's All like right. this I... like scantily clad chick on fire. It might be next week. I don't know I saw the art for it. And I was like really excited. It's not this week because uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't see it there, um, but I'm looking it up. But so th- oh, that is a pretty cool cover. That is awesome, right? Yeah, she's on fire and has like a bikini. Well, and, and she's a witch. oh no, that's not the poster <laughs> I'm looking at. This one, this one's just like death is behind her, and then yeah, that's I don't see any ladies in bikinis. Come on, Google, where's all my ladies in bikinis? Look it up on Amazon. That's where uh, I saw it. All right, uh, I'll keep looking while I tell also tell you about how awesome the cover for the monster that challenged the world is, because basically it is. Um, oh, sorry, there we go. Um, it's a giant caterpillar. It's the same company. It's that's releasing that one is releasing oh, yeah? Burn Witch Burn. Yeah, and then there's just there's this woman in the background like. Ah! And then there's a city. I know, but you're not describing the caterpillar as like huge fangs, bro. It's got huge fangs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, With fire. What I think is really great is that it's not attacking or killing, like, it's not destroying the world. It's just challenging it with, like, its social views <laughs> and, like, you know, its ideas about, like, race in America. Um, oh, yeah. That, that's, a, that's, like, the same movie, but a slightly different cover. Um, she's not in a bikini. She's just in, like, a. She's, like, in a you nighty. that caterpillar turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know. Um, chip, chip, it's caught us. <laughs> this caterpillar's ideas are too progressive for this. <laughs> uh, the, the tagline is uh, instant terror, just add water. Creeping dread. Yeah, burn which burn. You throw water on them, they burn. Oh, no, no. Th- th- I'm talking about for the, oh. the, the caterpillar that challenged the world's social views. Well, you know caterpillars. Throw right. water on them, they burn. A- so. Apparently, yeah. yeah. If you throw a witch in a lake, she'll float, right? <laughs> Uh, burn Witch Burn, yeah, actually. So burn Is it a witch trial joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's been around since the 1600s, guys. Has been used since the 1600s. Burn Witch Burn is next week, so we'll, uh, we'll save that one. Cool. Um, the People Under the Stairs. Yeah, have that pre-ordered? Week. Yeah, which is a, uh, Harry Potter spin-off. Release. <laughs> uh, it's a, like a Wes Craven zombie movie. Yeah. And what's interesting is there's a lot of people on this cover. So there's a lot of people under the stairs. Yeah, it's about, uh, <laughs> it's about these kids that break into this creepy house and they keep zombies underneath the stairs. Oh, interesting. And there's a dude with a shotgun. Yeah, it's and Wes Craven. And a lady with a knife. Um, it's it, a pretty campy, but it's fun. Tagline should be, they can't be contained. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> sure. sure. How sure. do we not have taglines on DVDs? We review stuff. Um, but the right. big the, the big release of this week, guys, 
is Two Bird Girls Season 4. It's coming out. Already nice. pre-ordered. Buried, buried deep, deep, deep down on the list for digital bits. But uh, Actually, one that's not on there that I'm really excited to get is I Am Chris Farley. The documentary comes out. Oh, is that this week? Yeah. They're, oh, they're right. airing it on Spike, but I'm getting the Blu-ray because I don't want to watch it with commercials. Yeah, yeah of course. And edited. Yeah, yeah. of course. Did you guys uh, see the uh, storyboard with him being Shrek? It's pretty... Yeah, yeah we, we were going to talk cool. about it in the news. Oh, okay, cool. Oh. Um, two other things that aren't on the release list is um, they release, they're they re-releasing the Star Wars Blu-rays as Steelbooks and a new... Is it this week? I, that's an no, that's It's not a release. It's not... It's later, but I mean, they announced that it's, it's not a release thing. It's just a, hey, news. Because I haven't bought the Star Wars Blu-rays because I didn't like the yeah. art for the full saga set. And then... I normally like steel books, but they put like all villain faces mm-hmm. instead of like except for Yoda. Except for Yoda, yeah, it doesn't episode. make any sense. Like, why isn't Luke or anything on it? And when you have beautiful Drew Struzan art, you chose to just like, hey, here's just like close-ups of all these characters as your steel books. Yeah, like the Darth Maul looks good. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's because he's the best. best and the Vader one, obviously. Yeah, New Hope, Grievous. but yeah. I don't want Grievous as my Again, Sith one. Technically, would have been news. We can do news if you want to do news. Like, if you That's want news. to just move on to news. No, it's DV-related stuff. I'll, I've got another one, too. Um, I pre-ordered my Mad Max Fury Road. Nice. Great. Is that news? Did you put that in news? <laughs> we talked about it last week. I wasn't here last week. I'm just saying. Cool. So what? <laughs> if you want a cool edition of it, yeah. it's in the Steelbook at Best Buy, which I bought. Cool. So. Yeah. I got an email about that. The Steelbook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's the, yeah. Cool. What are we doing next? I guess we're doing real news because James is getting really butt hurt that we're going out of order here. <laughs> yeah. you're, just, you're clearly doing news. Okay. Well, we'll do news. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. The White House Reception Committee greeted the prime rib roast minister, and I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. They're going to release uh, uh, all of the Star Wars movies on uh, Steelbook editions. Um, they look pretty cool. I know that people are really bummed because they... <laughs> They thought that Disney would release the unaltered versions. And it's the first thing I did. When I saw the article, the first thing I did was comb through and be like, is this the version I want? And it's no! Not. It's not. Yeah. Nope. In fact, it probably has no special features, right? No, it's, they're edition. porting over all the special features that are on the Complete Saga one. Yeah. Oh, cool. They're just dividing them up based on the yeah. film? Cool. You can buy it completely if you want, but they're dividing it up. I don't. I do. I, like, I, I can watch them all. I don't mind them. I'm going to wait. I'm gonna hold this one out. Are you? Do you think they're gonna do it? I'm gonna be that guy. All right, they might I'm do gonna it. hold I think it they're out. just like they don't have the ones we want ready in time for December's release. The oh, tie-in because well, they probably have to find the source. Yeah, prints because, no, because but they want they something did, to put out. They did DVD versions of it. Like oh, I guess they did. Yeah. yeah. Once episode nine comes well, out, it says like one big thing. They're probably mastering in mm-hmm. 4K. <laughs> you have to wait six yeah. years, and that's fair. Like if it takes a while, that's fine. I've waited a long time. Yeah. I haven't watched those movies in years. I'm sure, I'm... they just want something to be around to tie into. Oh, I agree. Force Awakens. Yeah. So. yeah. Or who knows, maybe they'll release it with the Force Awakens Blu-ray. And Steelbook right. editions are cool, and they're really good at double-dipping people, so, you know, it'll sell really well. So. And honey-dicking people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, we got to hear what Chris Farley would have sounded like as Shrek. <laughs> it's interesting. It's more of um, 
more acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot more like serious, yeah, dramatic, yeah, dramatic because Mike Myers just does his Scottish that he did in yeah. you know, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah. So it, yeah, he's I, a little more over the top. Where Chris Farley, when you hear him tell that story, you actually kind of breaks your heart because he's he's reading it dramatically. Yeah. It, it's interesting because I mean, a very similar version of that story is in the film, and it is a, a really touching. Like I, I actually think that. While Shrek probably started a stream of, of kind of bad kids. No, films, the first Shrek's good. The first Shrek I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it many, many times. Uh, I'm sure that if you watch it now, it wouldn't hold up as much because there's so much referential stuff in there, but still really fun. And those scenes are really great. Um, and I think that his accent allows you, him to like make the character bubbly and fun most of the time, but then when he gets to those scenes, he can, he can make it dramatic, but not like, make it feel slow and dramatic for mm. kids. Um, it would be really interesting to see. I mean, this is clearly not a final version of the script, which I think is part of what hurts it. Um, mm. But it's it's cool to hear. It has a meat there, though. Yeah, oh, and, totally. Because I I think Farley is w- was a really great actor, and yeah. he just never... I mean, when you, when you think about it, he was really only in the spotlight for four and a half years. Yeah. Because yeah. he really busted on Saturday Night Live in 92, and he was dead before 97 ended. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's interesting because when you think about it, because I was watching uh, Billy Madison, and he has a, like a bit part in it, but he's really funny in it. And I said, "Oh man, he must have done that. He did that before uh, Tommy Boy, and that came out the same year as Tommy Boy." Yeah. So he, I mean, it's, it's just weird because how funny he was and the legacy he left behind. Yeah. When you think about that, he's only, really only in showbiz for five years. <laughs> yeah. This is like I saw like a video online that was like someone cut. A whole bunch of Chris Farley movie clips into the trailer for Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, it was like, wow, that we're never going to see yeah. anything with him. Like, the syndicate ever. is real. Holy shnikes. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Internet's great. So the, what I would actually consider to be sort of the biggest news for this week, um, I'm going to do something I never would have thought I was going to do. Oh no. Here is the trailer for Deadpool. I love you, Wade Wilson. We can fight this. You're right. The cancer's only in my liver, lungs, prostate, and brain. All things I can live without. What if I told you we can make you better? You're a fighter. We can give you abilities most men only dream of. Make you a superhero. You just promise you'll do right by me so I can do right by someone else. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. One thing that never survives this place is a sense of humor. Uh, we'll see about that, Pop Spice. Oh, come on. You gonna leave me all alone here with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? Hey, yeah, I wanna shoot, baby. Packed in your stack, especially in the back, brother. I wanna thank your mother for a butt like that. You're a shotgun. wondering why the red suit well that's so bad guys can't see me bleed this guy's got the right idea he wore the brown pants daddy needs to express some rage Just don't give it to you. Wait, mother, 
like old lady pants in here sounds like you have a dick in your mouth oh motherfucker you are hard to look at like a testicle with teeth you look like freddy krueger face fucked a topographical map of utah exactly I'm touching myself tonight. You are haunting. You look like an avocado had sex with an older avocado. Thank you. I think this looks kind of awesome. It does. Is this yeah. the... The dirty right. one that was at Comic Con, or did they clean it up? No, no, yeah, they just released a red band trailer. They took like a couple of lines out, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It's still like red band. So. Is there the conversation with TJ Miller at the end? Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. The cool. like the like big line that they took out was the uh, like it was like from Colossus, and it was like you like iron cock gobblers and like that because it was oh, yeah. homophobic. Yeah. Quote. But they left in like you look like an avocado that fucked on their avocado. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I love because that scene just kept on going. Said, All right, I know what kind of movie this is. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I. It's got jokes about Green Lantern in there, yeah. and like it's referential in a way that I usually don't like from Deadpool, but kind of like here. Yeah. I think it, why it's going to work is because you can poke fun at all the tropes of superhero movies. Yeah, and as long as you do it fun and you make it over the top, it, it will work. They're releasing at the perfect moment too. Oh yeah. yeah oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and what what the hell? They're releasing in February. I yeah. mean, what else is going to come out in February? It's a yeah. good chance to take a risk on a superhero film. Yeah. Especially and, on a rated R superhero film. Yeah. And then, like, the next, like, month is when Batman v Superman comes out, yeah. so. I, I I digged it. Yeah. Uh, I, I was amazed. Yeah. Like, I watched it. I, I know, because you hate Deadpool. He, well, and it's just, I just think he's overrated and kind of, and I just, like, Ryan Reynolds, uh, this is going to sound so shitty. Ryan Reynolds' passion to make this project for so long, I just kept thinking, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, Great why goodness. do you care so much? And then now you're handed on like Trinity. Oh, all right. This it's is... like it's like with like when they offered Rachel McCams to be in Doctor Strange. She said she said she's holding up because she wants to be some character in DC comic films. I can't remember which was, but it was like it was a character I'd never heard of before. Oh, like, Black Orchid. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's like a really weird one for you to hold out for. Miss <laughs> <laughs> um, McAdams. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I I think it's really cool. I'm really excited. I I don't know why, but I think it's gonna be great. I think it. I think it's fun. Did you guys see the like uh, interview with him on Conan where he revealed? The oh game? yeah, it was awesome. I liked yeah. how like when he was telling like the story of like when he first put on the suit and how like the five guys that like were do have been doing this for like eleven years now. How it was like a really emotional moment because they were mm-hmm. finally doing what they wanted to do. Oh yeah, that was like yeah. really it, it made me have hope for this movie. So yeah, well that too, and you know Deadpool looks like Deadpool. Yeah, and I always it always bothers me when Hollywood thinks people don't like superheroes looking like superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know they have to make them not. You know they have to have like black costumes and yeah. black gloves. Yeah, and I had to see the things dork today. 
<laughs> was that in there? He wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> I didn't see a dork. I definitely saw a butt crack like yeah. multiple times. Like, man, that's like, he's not wearing pants. Yeah, like, that's weird. <laughs> the thing's dork. Is it made out of orange rock? Weirder than they found <laughs> correct size pants that don't get shredded by rocks. Well, by the time he's a, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, hey, Ryan, you really like Nightmare on Elm Street. Tell mm-hmm. me if they're going to reboot it again, how should they reboot it? Here's the thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one's awesome. I think the second one is really underrated. Okay. Uh, the third one is okay. The fourth one's okay. The fifth one's shit. The sixth one's shit. The seventh one is the most brilliant Nightmare on Elm Street ever. Um, because in it, Wes Craven is writing a new Nightmare on Elm Street and it's really, he's oh, it's ri- that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. writing it and actually Freddy is coming to the real world. So it's pretty awesome. So Wes Craven plays Wes Craven. Heather Langenkamp plays Heather Langenkamp. Robert England is Robert England. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and then they made Freddy versus Jason, which is fun. Um, and then they recast Freddy for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Which Jackie Earl Haley did a pretty good job, but they made Freddy look like a real burn victim. Yeah. Instead of like a cartoon demon guy, and it was kind of depressing. And it wasn't that good. It's just like trying to hit beats from the first film, but making them different and not very. Here's the thing. In the first film, when Freddy is reaching over the bed and he's like coming through the wall, it looks terrifying. In the remake, they made it CG and it looks like CG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want them to do in this one. Is I want them to make Freddy mean. I don't like wisecracking Freddy very much. Sure. Um, Which that's what the re- the last reboot did do. Correct? Yeah. No, yeah. no. Jackie Earl Haley is great. Yeah. But they also sprinkled in as they gave him like a huge backstory, which is, yeah, we know that he was horrible to kids, mm-hmm. and we know the parents took revenge on him. I don't think you need that backstory. Yeah. Uh, it's like how many times do I have to hear the origin of Batman, Spider Man, and. Yeah. It's the just, fact that he's murdering people is enough to understand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's something you can explain with just like a line of dialogue. Like it, it, yeah. it, Exactly. But the, the movie spends scenes, right. entire scenes going back and forth. What What is the, like, what, was he hit as a kid? Like, what is this backstory no, that like, he's I'm just, supposed to care about? just a bad guy. And he, he molested oh. children. He molested children and the parents took revenge on him and they burned oh, him alive. Oh, but they just spent a lot of time showing you that. Exactly. Part. Oh, that's in funny. In the original Nightmare on Elm Street you find out towards the end of the movie and she said, we killed Fred Krueger because what he did to you kids mm-hmm. and we burned him alive. And now he's a demon that haunts you in your dreams, which and in the movie you see it. Yeah. In the new movie you see it and it's really unnecessary. Oh, okay. And this one, I, I, Freddie needs to have scenes where he's scary. He doesn't need to be funny. I mean, that's my personal opinion and you just need to have cool nightmare scenes. You know, I don't think the new one really had, it had one. I thought the opening was really, cool with a dude like cut his own throat but then it kind of went like a lot of them are just like in the boiler room yeah right? yeah. Yeah. yeah and so we know he's in a boiler room but you have to make it scary and the only way you make it scary is is it the second one where like he pulls the veins out of someone and then like the op- third one operates him like a puppet yeah that's yeah. cool that's what i mean that's like a nightmare yeah you know and a lot of people give the second one crap but there's some great scenes like freddy's trying to get into the real world in this one too and he's going through like this dude's, this kid's body, and then he ends up like ripping the dude apart and stuff coming out. And that's awesome. Hmm. Like I like ideas like that. So yeah, if you ask me, I think they should make him dark. And um, but you, it's hard because Robert England is so great as Freddy. Hmm. It's not like putting on a hockey mask and walking around and murdering. I will say though, you can tell when there's a good Jason though, because some yeah. the movement is really important. 
And same with Freddy. I think Freddy has unique movements, and if you don't get it right, then... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I'd want from it. I just want him to be scary. I never thought Freddy was scary, but... I I, I don't know. I, that's yeah. a horrible explanation, but I just... He needs to be scary again. Have you guys ever seen Rick and Morty? Uh-uh. No, I haven't yet. There's, an, there's like an episode where like they do like a Inception type thing, and freddy is there and they go into freddy's dream and they see like his personal life how he's married to like another freddy krueger has like a child freddy krueger and like how like he's like in a depressed marriage it's like a really funny bit with him like and that's why he's the nightmare killer but, yeah I, you know because that's creative you know pulling veins out of somebody and walking them i think you should just psychological horror i think will work well for freddy okay i can see that cool uh, they're making two more Bad Boys movies. Yeah, and I'm down. I'll be there. I don't care. I don't care. I know. Bad Boys yeah. Two is awesome. I th- people say that, and it's not that good of a movie. Bad Boys Two is awesome. Oh man, it's not my favorite. I mean, I like Michael Bay more than probably 99 percent of the population. Yeah, but uh, Bad Boys is not my favorite one by him. So, oh no, 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 it's not his best film. Yeah, but Bad what's, what's his movie? best film? Probably The Rock. Yeah. I mean, wow. I'm in the very minority, and I think Painting Game is <laughs> my favorite. Painting. Zach Eastman loves Painting Game too. Yeah, you're the second person who's told me that. Yeah, probably The Rock. <laughs> I think so. Good. It's a good movie. Yeah, I haven't awesome. seen The Rock in a really long time. You, it's, so. The Rock is so good, you can get it on Criterion. Just, just well, saying. you can also get Armageddon on Criterion. <laughs> like, True. they they must have michael bay must have paid him to put him on there or something well, i mean criterion yeah. it's like it's like films that like have shaped film yeah. and like armageddon has definitely shaped like film like there's a whole genre actually that genre existed before armageddon that's unfair yeah but i mean but they cemented it like, sure it's a fun movie yeah i'd say pearl harbor pearl harbor <laughs> <laughs> she was the first because Kate Beckinsale's in it. That's probably it. I okay. I, I will buy that argument. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> That's sure. my only worry about his next film, which is like the Benghazi. Because I thought mm-hmm. the trailer for it attached to... Uh, the trailer doesn't look that bad, though. The trailer doesn't look that bad, but it's like it's like the only other time I can think of where, where he's making like based on a true mm-hmm. war story film. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You're going down a very similar path, my friend. I mean, it does have some cool shots in Pearl Harbor, though. Yeah. I mean, he makes things look cool. He makes things look cool. He's he's like the Paul W. Sanderson, but with bigger money. Uh no no that's you're just trying to pick no, a fight that's, no that's about right no yeah no, Paul Douglas Anderson makes things look cool no His movies look cool I don't think that they do I think they do go watch the Three Musketeers I'm not gonna watch Three Musketeers no because it looks like shit yeah because that's like a period drama action movie I think Alien vs Predator looks good I think I think Event Horizon looks good. Event Horizon, though, is early pre-hack Paul W. Sanderson. <laughs> I, w- I started watching Resident Evil, uh, the, what's the fourth one? Apocalypse? Afterlife. And he yeah, has the, yes. uh, spinning pyramid thing in it. Ugh. I think that's in six of his films I can count now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, the very last Hobbit movie is gonna be rated R when it comes out on extended edition. Maybe. Maybe. Sweet. Which would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. What like for? It. Hopefully, do they bloody swear? violence. Yeah, no, yeah, Does yeah. Proto say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bilbo, there's a fucking dragon up there. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> no, no, leave it in. <laughs> we'll celebrate our version of it later. The scene they cut out is when, um, what's the, uh, what's the, the, fuck, I can't remember his name. Who's the lead? Azok the Defiler? No, the, <laughs> the lead dwarf guy. Oh, um, uh, Gimli. Uh, Thorn Oakenshield. Yeah. 
Thorn walks up to him and you know he has the ring. He's like he says, "Bilbo, oh fuck!" <laughs> and then he, he, he puts it away. I think that's the that's the deleted scene. Well, there has to be one more fuck because you can say "fuck" in a non-sexual way and be PG thirteen. You can Kong get away out. with it. You can get away <laughs> in a fight. <laughs> oh shoot. Their armor uh, just sways to the side and catch them. <laughs> just a cock shot. Yeah, just cock shot. Fight club style. <laughs> the Battle of the Five Armies. <laughs> cock shot. Rated R for... Extended, adi- extended cock shot edition. <laughs> <laughs> Brief mild language and extended co- cock shot. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys watching The Hobbit with a cock shot? <laughs> All right. That was the director's original intent. Yeah, but the Peter studio Jackson, wouldn't let probably. him. Wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> he wanted to put a dork on King Kong, but they nixed that too. <laughs> Did he really? No. <laughs> very, very last thing, and I just want to talk about this. It made me so mad. Uh, is we got a trailer for ABC's reboot of Uncle Buck on television? I. Didn't even know they're rebooting that. Yeah, so it now looks it's like, it looks like an SNL like skit. Yeah, now it's uh, not funny, not emotional, not interesting at all, and everyone's black. Wow, you really accentuated the black part. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that. Do they flip big pancakes? Change. Nope. Well, I'm not watching it. No, in this one, that's he, all I remember from that. In movie. this one, he drinks their orange juice and says, "Oh, did you want some of that? Well, it's all gone now." So you have a problem with them being black? No, I don't at all. They're like that's just all they've. That's all they did. That's like the the hook to it. Is... Right. The hook is this time they're black, mm. which is like more racist than me saying, "Hey, look, they're all black." I'm just saying, like, it's it, how they're I mean, trying like, to sell it. I saw like a I saw like the poster for it like a couple months ago. Mm. It looks like someone made it in Photoshop in like maybe 15 minutes. It was like uncle, like, like <laughs> the guy who's making the poster says this is gonna be canceled in three episodes. It was like the black oh, yeah. uncle. They, I don't think they even thought it'd be renewed for an entire season. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like the black uncle like going like this, like with Arms like crossed. a blue like background of like clouds, mm. and then like with like the pow kind of thing you see in comics, like the spike <laughs> thing, and it says Uncle Buck. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like so, that, that's not real, is it? Like part of what's what's missing. Not to overanalyze a trailer for a bad Uncle Buck remake, but part of what is missing here is that the kids in Uncle Buck are snarky, and especially the daughter, like, needs to learn a lesson. Here, Uncle Buck is just a jerk. He's just an asshole. It's like, like, what if an asshole lived in your house? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I kind of want to hold judgment, because, like, I thought Blackish looked absolutely horrible, and I thought it would be stupid, and I actually ended up really liking that show. I actually, yeah, yeah. I think this is closer to, like, Death at a Funeral. Yeah. You know, only at least Death in the Funeral had the decency to go straight for shot for shot remake that. Yeah. Or the original fun movie. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, this time it's, you know, an American family. Like, this this isn't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just shit. Anyway, that's news. Oh, I have another piece of news. I oh, what? Uh, ben Affleck had to, like, put his next two, like, his directorial thing and then, like, his next, like, big acting, like, serious role on, like, infinite hiatus because of Batman. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I think sucks because I really like, I've liked all of the films he's directed and I wanted, yeah. I was excited to see his next one and now I'm not excited to see his, like, Batman. I don't know. Did thing. you read the report that came out today? Which that, one was that? that- the Batman v Superman was screened and it was given a standing ovation. Oh, really? And the people left, it was Warner Brother executives, left and said, hey, Ben, we want you to do Batman movies now because you were the definitive Batman. Hmm. So they're hmm. 
It could just be spin, but yeah. You know. I mean, I also heard that after they premiered Interstellar, mm-hmm. that people were fainting in the theater because of how brilliant it was. Mm. So, and yeah. I mean, I thought Interstellar was pretty okay to pretty good. I would not. I would have. I probably wouldn't have fainted like of how great it was. Or are the execs at Warner Brothers or Gaming Innovation like we're gonna make shitloads of money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be so rich. <laughs> I'm living off that Batman money, yo. <laughs> Get my fifth car. <laughs> I've always been an Affleck fan. Yeah, I think he'll yeah. be fine. I would agree, though. I, I think I would. But I mean, we all know how I feel about. But here's the thing: is if, if he makes three Batman movies and then he can make well I guess he can already make whatever he wants but he'll be yeah. dead by then he's like 45 <laughs> <laughs> probably won't be in Mallrats too though <laughs> oh that's true that's true all he has to do is shoot in Mallrats is Jay and Silent Bob are running out of the mall and there's a station uh, a Volkswagen bug and then it's like rocking and then Ben Affleck looks through the <laughs> window because he's fucking his girlfriend in an uncomfortable place um, the back of his yeah. Kevin Smith said he wrote like a quick scene that like it wouldn't take Ben Affleck much time to do. I think that he, it's just he's in jail still. <laughs> so <laughs> he wouldn't have to be with any of the cast members. He'd just be in this jail scene. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I still, one of my favorite lines in Mallrats is, who's your favorite new kid? Call me Joey. <laughs> <laughs> that girl's only 15. <laughs> Get him, boys. <laughs> oh, you guys man. tell me you wouldn't hit that. <laughs> Can I just hit him just once? All right. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) All right, is a good movie. Yep. Cool. Stats? Cool. Who won? I forgot to listen. Oh, I know you did because I picked eighty something million. It made fifty six yeah. million. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. it was going to do eighty million as well. I thought, I, like they said, it was like a big success. But it I was, was like, a huge success, but yeah. I, was, I was hoping that it'd do more. But yeah. I mean, it might win this week. <laughs> I I have a feeling it will <laughs> because I said that. What I say, twenty nine million for Fantastic Four. Yeah. yeah, and you said forty something like that. Um, well, like now they're projecting that it's going to like struggle to make twenty. Let me see what they're saying right now. That's what Variety um, said earlier. Like I think it was like two, of course. Thing. It made eleven million on projected to make eleven million today. So now they're saying twenty-seven to twenty-eight million. Ooh, I might be right on on this yeah. one. They're they're originally their original estimate was forty, and I was thinking, yeah, I was like, that's, that's gonna be not... way off. Yeah, but then you know when Josh Trank comes out and says that it's a piece of it's... shit too. Yeah, when the people who make the movie come out and are like, I am, I'm really sorry. That's never going to be Well, he wasn't saying, I'm sorry. He's saying, it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well... Well, we know it's his fault, because he's a... Well, I I really meant that um, Max Landis' blog post was kind of along the lines of like, well, you know, sometimes things just... Don't. You you just don't have control. Yeah. So, yeah. What's next week? Uh, Next week is The Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah. Or Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough one. I know a lot I mean, of people are super pumped for Straight Out Compton. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I want to see Man from Uncle, but I want to see I mean, both. Whatever you guys I mean, want to see. Like, oh no, no, we're seeing Man from Uncle. Um, yeah, Man from Uncle is the way up the uke, I'm gonna say 31. Man from Uncle, 31 million. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I would agree that Man from Uncle is gonna win. I think 31 is really, it's really good. Why do you have to go first? 
Um, gonna say thirty-five. Because all you were talking. Thirty-five. James, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say thirty-one, and then I was gonna say thirty-six. So, uh, I'm now I'll get. You know what? Now I'm gonna guess low. I'm gonna say twenty-six. I'm gonna school all you all fools. I'm gonna say straight out of Compton's gonna win with thirty-three million, <laughs> and uh, Man from Uncle is gonna do twenty-two. Wow. Boom. You have no faith in Man from Uncle. <laughs> it's not that I don't have faith in it, but I think Straight Outta Compton's going to appeal to more people. Really? I, can, I, I don't know. I mean, like, because I, I know a lot of people who are really hyped for both of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I've not met someone who's really hyped for one or not the other. The one, only so. thing Man from Uncle has is a Guy Ritchie film, so it should be fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. My mom is going to want to see Man from Uncle. Yeah. I can tell you that. So yeah. like, But your mom's also an... white suburban. No, I know. But I mean, there's there is an <laughs> audience out there that isn't us. Who remembers Man from Uncle and and will actually see that and go like, oh cool. But I'd also argue that Straight Out of Compton's is what young people want to see, yeah. and young people drive the theater averages and stuff. Yeah. True. No, I, we'll I don't see. disagree. We'll see. Maybe yeah. they both won't make that much money. Is Straight Out of Compton getting a uh, like a yeah, super like, wide release? Yeah, it's, it's thirty five hundred films. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Almost no advertising. Really? For movies. I see, thing. I see it. Yeah. yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah. And now they're starting to integrate. Ice Cube and Dr. Dre into the... Well, Dr. Uh, Dre is making articles. his first album in 16 years for this yeah. film. Like. Called Compton. <laughs> yep. I-, I like Bitches a Bitch from NWA. <laughs> I like Fuck the Police. Yeah, it's alright. Uh, I'm trying to think of what was the other one. I only know Bitches a Bitch. Straight Out Compton is actually a pretty good song. Like, yeah. I like NWA. The title Bitch don't apply to all women, but all women have a little bitch in them. It's like a disease that plagues their character. Affecting the women of America. It starts with the letter B, and it makes girls like that think they're better than me. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that song verbatim. Mad rhymes over Man. there. Man. Ah. And then there's this part yeah, after the first verse where this this lady is like, "Who the fuck you think you calling a bitch, you little sorry motherfucker?" And she goes on and on and on. And then it, there's like a rack a record scratch, and he says, "Bitch, shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> You can tell a bitch who's out for your money. She looks good, and the bitch walk funny. We're gonna sue you should, for using these. I was gonna say, you, I haven't used thirty <laughs> seconds yet. You should you should keep going because I'm gonna lay like I'm gonna lay a beat underneath. This <laughs> what else do we have? Uh, Just the review. Yep. This week we went and saw Fantastic Four. Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, should people go see Fantastic Four? I will say, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it, but I thought it was going to be the worst film I've seen this year. So it's not saying a lot. No, you don't need to see this film. Brad? Uh, you liked it. <laughs> it's not the garbage fire I was told it was going to be, but yeah. I actually liked it. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, All right. It's not the best thing, but it's... it's. You're the 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, James? I want to like this movie. That's what I felt. I really do. And it's really close, but it's really passionless. Like, it just... I I almost... uh, I don't want to put it, but there's, like, one thing that, like, really tells me why I don't like it. I feel like... I, I don't even like using this term, but I think it's the most apt, which is I think this movie is stillborn. Like... I I think it just kind of is and is forgettable in a sad way because underneath the skin, I think there's something brilliant here that we didn't get to see, which sucks. 
So I was no is my answer. No, I was into it for the first 30, 35 minutes. Totally. I like, I, I love all the actors that are in here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara. Um, I, I, I guess I can say Jamie Billy's whatever. Um, yeah. but no, I, this movie, I think you said it right. is passionless. Like you can, there's the direction feels pedestrian to me mm-hmm. and it feels watching it. And I read the review on THR before we saw it. And they talked about that they had to fly in Matthew Vaughn from X-Men Apocalypse because he's a producer on it. Yeah. To finish. Oh, was it Matthew Vaughn? I thought it was uh, Brian Singer. No, he's talent. directing it, but yeah. Matthew Vaughn is a producer. Oh, okay, okay. So I've, they had I've to fly Matthew Vaughn and Simon Kinberg, who's also a producer, Jesus out to reshoot scenes because they were so unable to use them. And as I'm watching the film... If you watch Kate Mara's hair, it changes constantly. Yeah. Not even from like scene to scene, but shot to shot. Well, and sometimes it is her hair and sometimes it is a horrible wig. Yeah. And that's just a sad thing where you have a, the passionless part is you have a director that didn't care. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is kind of what it feels like. And no, you don't need to see this movie because uh, here's a trailer and I'll get into it. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be the first person to teleport himself. Even if you could build it. I've already built it. Is it next to your flying car? <laughs> I'm not working on that anymore. Reed, you're insane. Thanks. It is our duty, as human beings, to push forward into the unknown. But sometimes, you're looking to discover one thing, and you find something else. I just want to fix my friends. We can't change the past. But we can change the future. I'm gonna need a heat-resistant workshop. And a big-ass sunroof. They are dangerous and powerful. Which makes them extremely valuable to the government. You promised me you wouldn't use my kids as weapons. You think we've had power handed to you? You don't know anything about what's coming. What is coming? This is our chance to make a difference. We're family. If we do this, we do it our way. What if we say no? Say yes. This is the end of your world and the beginning of mine. He's stronger than any of us. He's not stronger than all of us. My biggest problem with the movie is it's not fun. It's depressing. Yeah. And... You, you, Brad, what, you look at me like I'm crazy. The, nah, 
so the opening's fun. I like the kid Reed Richards, and he has this idea for teleportation. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Ben Grimm becomes his friend because he thinks it's cool, and he has cool things at the junkyard. And then you get to Miles Teller as older Reed Richards, and I think it's really fun, except his fifth grade teacher is also the guy who's doing a science fair for high school kids. You're doing, yeah. what the fuck is that? Just the, f- just the fact that there's like a high school 1950s science fair that I've never seen in my life. Um, in a movie, like, and that that's where Reed Richards is showing this thing. Like, uh, the first sequence is all I needed. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. all he, at that, you just needed to do that and then skip to the Baxter school and, like, him moving into that school. Like, you didn't need that sequence. One all. major problem I had with it right off the bat was that I could not tell, like, how old they're supposed to be. Because, like, first they're in high school doing a science fair, then they're in college. And then yeah. are the rest of it, are they supposed to be like college kids or like, is it like after college? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. There's like, inconsistency because they also say they're just kids. Well, how old are they? Yeah. I think they're still supposed to be like 19, 20. Like I think that they, he's starting college. So he's 18 ish and then a year passes. So he's got to be 19 by the end. I find but, it I, very strange that like for like, I get like Reed Richards and maybe like Victor Von Doom could make this thing. But four only college kids making this like world like changing thing. So they have a staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, the thing is like he had this huge staff, but like it's only ever these four. You never see any. Well, you don't waste else. time. I, yeah, I don't, they're in the just, background, but like story wise, you don't waste time on. Yeah, I, get, I know. It just felt weird. To I me. think there are, for me. I think there are hints towards a better version of this film where that is actually where that actually makes sense. Like yeah. as they were building up to it, I was like, holy shit. Is the story of this movie going to be that a few of them go over and mm-hmm. get stuck and the others have to go over and save them and that that whole action as they come back is what causes them to become the Fantastic Four? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Like, that would be a good way to explain this because what they seem to be doing doesn't really make sense. And then they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did have a, a bit of the same feeling where I was like, oh, well, why? Especially when it blows up. Like, the fact that Sue gets affected when she didn't even go yeah. with them like that part weirds me out that's what i mean you know the thing with the fantastic four i'm not even the biggest fantastic four fan no but the thing is is they're fun in comics and this movie was not fun it's a family it's it's one of the younger aimed books like it's yeah. supposed to be this family story uh it's, and this doesn't feel like no that. it's not fun it's like one thing, because I actually really like the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's called Fantastic Four is because it's fantastic. You don't use fantastic to describe Batman. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be a fun thing where, like, they go to these dimensions yeah. and there's these cool aliens and that kind of thing. Like, and they call it Planet Zero instead of the negative zone. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's just like, you're supposed to have fun with it. Yeah. Like, and don't you- try to make it Batman Begins. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, Brad, hey. Uh, let's get Brad's oh, yeah, the other side of this. What, what'd you like about it, Brad? Uh, well, as like a blockbuster superhero movie, yeah, it fails, but the way I was like watching it, I kind of felt like it was, I was watching like the first episode of a Netflix series. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, like, as far as a movie that dealt with strictly the origin of the powers of these characters, like, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as like a good versus evil story, it, pretty shallow i i love the scene when he wakes up and and where they've captured them all and that is the up, best scene of the entire it's film. so cool like it's creepy it's and really like just like fucked up like yeah. you see like all this stuff that's happening to all of them and just like like that like cause that like that's another problem is that like that scene is most disturbing in the film when it shouldn't be 
the most disturbing scene in the film is when they get Doctor Doom back. That should have been the scene where I was like, oh, shit. You're right. Yeah, because he looks like a Power Ranger. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, Doctor Doom didn't earn his villainness. You know what I mean? It's, oh, he's jealous of, which is a reshoot, is he's jealous of Sue and Reed. And and you see that little thing where he's like, erg. Yeah. And, hey, that's not very professional. And then he goes and he, and where did he get his cloak from? I I don't know. I don't know, man. He, I, I like the idea that he's, I, I don't like the world too because it looks like it was on a soundstage. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked it, cheap. It was on a soundstage. Oh yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, so I, I like the idea that he gets stuck there and that he gets, because in the comics you can't, I guess in comic book movies you can't say, cause Dr. Doom in the comics is a black sorcerer. Like he yeah, has yeah. his abilities. He's, he's yeah. uses magic. So I don't mind that he gets stuck there and he's granted these powers. Yeah. What so he eat for a year. Yeah. No, that's he what I mean. He doesn't, no, he doesn't need to. He's a part, he's like melded with the planet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's like another thing I just didn't understand is that like, what was he trying to do with like at the end? Like he wanted to like destroy Earth so he could like create a new planet, but I was really confused why. I think he just wants to destroy Earth so that the humans won't destroy the negatives or the planet zero. But like in the, like, I don't know. I mean, like, like <laughs> one comment, like complaints. I know. <laughs> one complaint I've, I've seen from other, like people have seen this film is that like, it's clear they haven't like, read any of the comics no it's that's the thing too is i don't mind the origin story but it was literally an hour and 10 minutes before they even did anything yeah i would have been fine if this movie were like i think my argument to make this movie better would be to get rid of dr doom which sounds shitty but like no you're yeah. right because he didn't like, earn that he didn't yeah, earn yeah. to be a badass and the it thing felt is like he was in there just because like the studio said like hey something needs to happen we can't just and have, why do they have to yeah. use dr doom again right because the thing is he's now in five movies four movies yeah yeah, and yeah. he's still they can't get him right yeah because the thing is is he's a complicated villain yeah, yeah and to me if you just have some regal guy come from latveria and be have diplomatic immunity and he comes in and yeah, yeah. he says you know reed i hated you in college and i hate you now and i'm gonna make you pay for everything you did to me and then he puts on armor and fights a fantastic four that's awesome yeah yeah you don't need to have him and the thing is is he so he has all these powers he can explode he heads. can explode heads but he can't explode the fantastic force head yeah <laughs> yeah that's what I mean. Like, th- there's no consistency. Agreed. And why can't his mouth move? Yeah, I kept, I kept wishing it would because yeah. I thought if they had just, well, just put, mask put a mask so we can see his yeah, yeah. mouth moving, if, it, just, it just looks weird. I, I was hoping that they would like have his mouth move like it was made out of metal, like the one does in the cartoon show. I, I thought that'd be odd. Like if it was just up and down, or just something like the green stuff moved his around him or yeah. something. It just because like, I love, like, I love the vein in his head. That's yeah. so no, cool. he, like the assumption that like the suit like like fused with his body yeah so it could have been cool if like it just like almost like in a rorschach way like it kind of like moved like in a yeah. way like yeah but instead it like looks like also i'm not sure if you guys noticed it but like just because i'm like in deep post-production i've noticed it, it's like there were multiple instances where like the audio did not match up with no. the lips oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh, you could tell they did not have time to finish this movie they probably yeah. redubbed lines or yeah something, but... I, like it looked like they redubbed like almost all of them like yeah that's the thing is that it was supposed to be 3D, but they ran out of money for, with reshoots, so they yeah, couldn't yeah. convert it to 3D. And there, there is elements of being a good movie here. Yeah. Oh yeah. But oh yeah. Because all the actors are good, but towards as the movie progresses, it just loses so much steam, and then it it just mm-hmm. seems so pedestrian after that point. Well, here's I, like my theory about that, and I, I I felt it really really strong in this, and I like noticed for, like from the trailers, a lot of it is just missing. Like it looks like. 
they had an entire second act they took out of the film. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, because you see, like, the montage of them, like, learning their powers, like, after the whole one year later thing, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a series of scenes of that one year that they just couldn't get done in time. So they just took it out and so went straight from first act to third. And that's the thing is you're trying to make conflicted heroes again. Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't work for the characters. And yeah. it, and the thing is, Reed Richards, so he escapes because he's trying to figure it out. But then he gets captured and he doesn't say anything. So what's what's he doing escaping? Is he trying to figure it out or is yeah. he just stalking people on the internet? Because that's yeah. what I mean. I think that section of it, it's a great idea. Like what what I talked about two weeks ago when you watched the last few and I was like, and we and we talked about how Reed Richards was not a character. Mm-hmm. Like he was just an empty shell in those movies. Yeah. That is, this character and this this Reed Richards it's interesting. is it's at least going in the direction that I was I was talking about. Where it's like, okay. He needs something to ground us, something to relate yeah. us to. And this in this movie, it's, I want to fix my friends. Like, yeah. I'm responsible for this. Yeah. I have to find a way to fix this. I think and like, I know I'm not good enough yet. Yeah. You know? It's like, I think it was, like, even last week that you, got, that you guys said that, like, it should be that he feels guilty about doing yeah. this. Yeah. And oh, that's yeah. what's in this film. And like, they set it up a few times with, like, in high school, he destroys that kid's plane. Yeah. And then doesn't feel bad about it. And then he's just yeah. like, I'm going to get drunk and go to the, the dimension. Yeah. Right. And my friends are all fucked up. And they never really, like, there's no weight to well, him the, feeling guilty later. There is no like, conclusion to it because Dr. Doom doesn't have anything to do with that story. Yeah. Like, there isn't any tie between him making that choice and Dr. Doom. And yeah. so him fighting Doctor Doom at the end is just a Power Rangers fight. Like yeah. it's just like okay, here's here's the combat. It's kind of anticlimactic and dumb. Yeah, and because the fight is there's nothing spectacular about it. No, I mean I think it's because uh, the one when thing he walks I, down the hall and explodes. Oh heads. no, like yeah. he's walking down the hall and killing people yeah. is awesome. No, it's on in the negative zone in the fucking in the negative zone yeah. at the end when they're when they're fighting around that big like um, yeah because i was getting excited thing. because they're actually using reed richard's ability yeah i said i've never seen that before and that's cool yeah it was but really then good. i also don't like that oh he can't control it and it hurts him i get over that i don't yeah. they, also i didn't get that long. like he couldn't control the powers yeah. until no. like the very end yeah he's yeah. like oh my friends are in trouble yeah it's it's really not engaging it's, again they don't earn anything right it's because that end feels like it was just put together yeah because of, oh we need a fight here because even then you know richards is swinging around and he grabs doom with his arm and flings him in like oh cool and then he just falls down there and then the human torch flies through the pillars that he's creating this vortex yeah yeah like doom can create this vortex and he can blow up other dudes heads but he can't stop the fantastic four like what do they do so i think you may have just though hinted at how this could like if you got rid of doom and you made this a movie where they get captured by like i do kind of like the idea that they don't understand how to control their powers right because unlike a i mean they get these crazy freakish powers that are theoretically really dangerous Mm -hmm. and, and very detrimental to who they are um so it would be really cool if if the whole movie were just they get captured by the military and basically end up having to find a way to fight off the military and become like seen by the public as heroes rather than like this whole globbed on. But Dr. the thing Doom is, thing. is the only person you should feel like he's, you know, doesn't belong in society is the thing. Yeah. Because the thing that the Johnny Storm can hide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sue Storm can hide it. Reed Richards can hide it. Yeah. And yeah. I know that's been done a lot, but that's who the thing is, is he's. Right. You know, and he's the least utilized character here. Yeah, it, 
I don't know. It just didn't work. It just, yeah. this movie didn't work. Yeah. There's some parts, again, you know, you, oh, this is really cool. I, and it, it, not every superhero movie has to be the same. I think that's why Batman Begins works so well as an origin story. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, you don't see Batman until an hour into the movie, but he's earned the right to be Batman. Yes. Yeah. Here, he, no one's earned the right to be a superhero. Well, yeah. because the difference is, is that for Batman, Batman is a choice. Here, being the Fantastic Four isn't a choice. Yeah, it, but um, the, it's not a choice for Spider-Man either, but he still earns the right to be Spider-Man. Sure. Because sure. here too, and they... Right. I'm not a huge stickler for, you know, comic continuity if they're telling a good story, but they're getting their powers from another dimension isn't a good story to me. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. But to me, it's more interesting that Cosmic Rays got them yeah. on this space expedition. Yeah. The fantastic yeah. part. Yeah. You know, and again, if you're not going to make Doom interesting, make it the fucking Mole Man or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> D- Dr. Doom is Marvel's Joker. Doctor Doom is the best villain in the entire Marvel canon, in my opinion. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shocker, buddy. (laughs) Okay. In my opinion, I like Doom the best. I would argue the Green Goblin, but, or Norman Osborn, but. Well, I think like every kind of like major hero has like their major one. Yeah. And I feel like Doctor Doom is like the most threatening of all of them. Yeah. No, I agree. And like, there's a reason why in Batman Begins, you don't see the Joker. Mm -hmm. They tease, because you can't just start with the best. Yeah, you need to ha- you need to work towards that and or see that. E- and something that eighty nine Batman does well is mm-hmm. the Joker earns who he is. Yeah, because he's unhinged and he might fall in a chemical vat. Whatever, I don't yeah. care about that. But his insanity earns who he is yeah. and what he- the chaos he creates in Gotham. Yeah, here Doom is like, oh, I was left on this, I was left a negative zone for a year, and now I have a cloak from somewhere, yeah. and I can don't, make people's heads explode. Don't kill my planet. It's so they, pretty. Early on, they established these like distant chanted with like government and stuff so but like and planet earth i really like victor von doom like his character yeah. in the first part of the movie i was like oh cool yeah. i, I kind of like this well like um, my thing about it is that like that's not in i mean and like i know you just said like i am not a stickler for the comics but like that's not his character in the comics either no. like sure. in the comics he's like this swat he's like a ba- evil batman essentially like, he's like or not batman but uh He's like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, no, like, no. Batman. He's like a very suave kind of guy that like yeah. he can like charm. He's like, the reason why he's threatening is because he's very charming. Yeah. He's like very smart. And the thing is, is, yeah, because in the comics, only the superheroes know he's a bad guy. Yeah. Everyone else, like, the people in Latveria love him. Yeah. And he's like, and like, he's also not trying to destroy the world in the comics. <laughs> he's trying to save it just through unconventional methods. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't like Reed Richards. Yeah. Why is it so hard for him just not to like, like Reed his Richards? His only weakness, like according to Marvel, his only weakness is his ego. Yeah. Is because he has to be better than Reed. Yeah. Because he, Reed is the only person. That doesn't in the sound like it's Marvel complicated. He doesn't like Reed Richards. Yeah. He, <laughs> I don't know. And like in the comics, like they explain it because like he used to be like, like this suave guy that everyone loved because he's like super handsome and whatnot. And then in the comics, Reed disfigures him. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why he hates him. Exactly. And just, like the jealousy and the envy. It's like. But you never see that in this. Mm-hmm. Like, That's what, you know, Reed Richards in the movies is never given an arc where he's super interesting. I mean, he's interesting in this, but oh, he couldn't save him. But in, you know, the comics, he's the reason Doctor Doom exists. Yeah. I mean, he's the reason. For, for me, the real damning thing here is that a lot of, there's a lot of hints, a lot of little bits, little little elements of the things you guys are talking about in this movie. Not necessarily like, yeah, yeah. it's probably all the like reshoots. That. But like, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all poorly written yeah. and very surface level yeah. and sort of slapped together in a way that it doesn't it doesn't feel like an arc. Nothing 
Nothing lands at the end that was yeah. set up at the beginning mm-hmm. in a really meaningful, emotional way. There, yeah. there are like plot elements that do. Um, but even man, there's these awkward things where like at the end when Reed is on the when they're in the negative zone and there's these close-up shots of Miles Teller that I'm sure are pickups. Yeah. It's just him screaming at the top of his lungs, like unintelligible exposition of. Doom is doing this, and this is oh, why yeah. it's bad, and we can't stop him, but maybe yeah. we can stop him if we're t- together. It feels very <laughs> much like a scene that was written well, and then, like, they had to reshoot it, and they couldn't do what they wanted to do. Yeah. And so they had to, like, play pickup in, like, a matter of hours or something and, like that. And, you know, we don't know. We don't know the full story. Yeah. We'll, ne- we'll never see the film that was supposed to be made, or right. that was the original vision, or whatever. Because it's entirely possible that the original script is actually really good, yeah. and that Josh Trank tried to do a good job, but that the studio was shitty. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I would almost go so far as to say that, like, the original Fantastic Four movie is more coherent than this one. It is. So <laughs> at least it's fun. If yeah. Fox already did this once and it was better than this one, then maybe the problem in the equation wasn't Fox. Yeah. Like that's shitty math to do, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Well if that's the thing is we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know exactly how everything happened. And the bummer is you'll never get a you'll never get a second chance with these actors yeah. because and okay, here's the thing too from the comics that really drove me crazy. So they're like, We need a you know, a lot of room to do something. And they don't put them in the Baxter building? Yeah, I mean Oh, that was so fuck. obvious. I was like Oh, cool. This is, this is, I said, like, I was actually that excited at the end, but theoretically in my head, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll be in the Baxter building and uh, nope. Nope. Some, it's like they took the idea from Age of Ultron. Oh, we're going to put it in here. It basically looks like the Age of Ultron Avengers yeah. thing. Is, is Which, Citadel City like a thing in the comics? Cause not really. No. Yeah. Like <laughs> they might have been like a sly reference to it, like in the seventies, but like, <laughs> okay. You know, cause, like they said it like as if it was an Easter egg too. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah, it was. So to my weird. knowledge, it's not something that is often said. Okay. So. Speaking of the new Avengers building, because I was watching Ant Man, um, so there's a giant A on the on the mm-hmm. roof. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you want to like just let your enemies know <laughs> that's your building? Yeah. It used well, to be, it it used used to to be, be a skyscraper. skyscraper. Yeah. yeah. It used to say Stark. Right, but the whole point of going to a new location hidden oh, no, away. No, no oh, they're no, going no. to a new location so it doesn't endanger the lives of citizens in New York. It is, seems like it's silly smarter not is to what the Tony the Stark roof. says at the end of Age of Ultron. But it's a lot easier to make sense in Ant-Man when he's flying towards it. <laughs> he'll immediately know it's the Avengers. Like, <laughs> right. Like, the helicopters. It's helicopter pad. <laughs> but like, I think going back to Fantastic Four, um, one thing that like it felt really weird to me at the end, because like, another thing that I just felt throughout this entire film is that this film has so much angst to it. Yeah. Like, the, like throughout like, the first half of the film, I was like, this doesn't feel like... Cause like they said they want to make the new Spider-Man film like a, like John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you making Fantastic Four a John Hughes movie? Like that's mm-hmm. like what it felt. It was like a superhero John Hughes movie. And like, there's so much angst. And then like when they got their powers and like it had the whole one year later thing. And then you finally see them again and they all like, you, first of all, you don't see them together all that often. And when you mm-hmm. do see them together, they really don't like each other. So it felt really weird when yeah. they became a team at the end. Like, yeah, I really wanted like little hints of, like, I I like the fact that they don't like that that um, Sue and Johnny aren't best friends. Yeah, uh, that that there is this strife between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to show me the other side. Yeah, like you've got to have 
hey, I don't like the fact that you're street racing and going to kill yourself. But in this one quiet moment we have together, like, yeah, you know, like you are my brother. Yeah. Like like I reveal that, hey, I do really care about you, but this is going to be tough. Yeah. You know, and the same thing for I think they do do a good job with with Ben Grimm and and. Reed Richards. That well, early I on, I, I really oh, like that. Yeah, 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 you're like, okay, these two guys are friends, and then it gets stretched by the fact that that Reed can't save him, but they don't do enough yeah. with the Reed can't save him story. Like, there's the whole like plane scene when it's just Reed and Ben, and like yeah. Ben's like, "You destroyed me. Like, this is what I am now. And it's because of you." And then the next scene, they're in their buddy buddy killing Doom. <laughs> Like it yeah. just it felt really weird, like going directly. That's the thing is, that. it didn't solve anything. Yeah, you, you have Ben sitting there and right. Reed sitting there, and it's like three minutes of them sitting there and having two lines of dialogue. Yeah, Brad, what else you like about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think I covered it. Like I said, it'd be great first episode to a series, and I felt that too. I felt like this felt like a lot like a poorly done, like kind of same plot structure as Daredevil. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's just the origin story, but I feel like that works for a TV show where you know there's gonna be more seasons. That doesn't work for a movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel like they're like towards the end, I was like, this doesn't. It felt like once the credits start rolling, I started thinking like, you know, this feels more like a really long featurette for the film. Like mm-hmm. it feels like just one really long scene. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it just it really was just a movie about. Them getting their powers like yeah. that—that's the arc. Yeah, I heard the Spider-Man scene in Civil War is really fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only like what, like six more months? Is that it? Like, um, maybe I think it might be less than that. No, Civil War I think's in May. Oh, is that? Yeah, that's the one in May. So now, I do want to come back around to. This movie is a lot better than what people are saying. I yeah, I will say that. Like, like I like this film a lot more than yeah, I. Yeah, it's not. It's not a total piece of shit. Yeah, no. It's yeah. like it's like a corn nugget shit. I probably yeah. still watch this again over the other ones from two thousand five. I've not seen those in a long time, so I can't yeah, say I anything about that. So. I don't know. I, you just watched them, right? Yeah, because like, I think like Johnny Storm's fun, and he wasn't very fun in this one. I was thinking yeah. that. And well, I miss Chris Evans and uh, Michael B. Jordan's a great actor and they give you like hints that he's pretty fun. Yeah. But yeah. they don't give him I, enough to do. There's a lot of scenes where I feel like Michael B. Jordan is dying for someone to give him something to do. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's actually true for a lot of these. There's this great, I love, like all these actors are still really great. They're just not given anything to work with. Mm-hmm. Miles Teller pulls off him taking a selfie with the big thing they built so yeah, well. Yeah. I yeah. laughed out loud. Yeah, it was yeah. a really great little moment. I was like, oh, that's great. I wanted more of that. Yeah. Because that's what the Fantastic Four should be. Like, well, like, a lot of people have said, like, fun. the trailers are very, like, some of them are trying to promote it as, like, a fun movie, some of them are trying to promote it as a dark oh, yeah, movie. Oh, no, it's definitely... The total reason why that is is because everything before the one-year jump is fun. Yep. Everything after that, there is not a single joke. Yes. Like, and so if you try to pull from both of them, you're going to get a really weirdly cut trailer. Like... Yeah. Yeah. And how come the woman's job is just to make clothes? Really? Really? She also recognizes patterns. She sees, yeah, yeah. She when she using... stitches. Oh man! I mean, like, cause, like when I was reading, like, like, like I told you, it was like I read the entire outline for the film beforehand, so I pretty much knew everything was going to happen. 
but like so there was some stuff that I thought like that's like that can't be a real thing that's gonna happen like the whole clobbering time mm-hmm. thing where it's actually his brother's beating word <laughs> yeah. and I, I thought that was gonna be a lot worse than it actually was since it's very quick and everything I could mm-hmm. forgive it and then their whole like pure yeah. complaining that like the whole setup of the film is that they get drunk and go in like I yeah. thought that was handled actually a lot better than what they were oh, talking about oh no it was so. great yeah I thought it was a lot better than that. <laughs> no, it, it's, really it's, great it's better than it like people saying it's total piece of garbage yeah. but yeah. it's not that good it's not very good but it's better than the worst film of the year which is what a lot of people are saying so. oh yeah yeah oh yeah those people haven't seen enough movies no, you have not seen Hot Pursuit <laughs> yeah I haven't so you should not see Hot Pursuit I'm not going to it is number 82 me. <laughs> James has seen The Minion so uh, yeah that movie's pretty fucking bad it's number 76 <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what the worst movie I saw this year so far is Oh, I've forgotten it. Maybe Mordecai. Mordecai. I Mordecai. Might be right. oh, I, I didn't. I was pretty bored with that. I think that was eighty. Yeah, just minions. It's, never it's in the top up. five. It never orders, just picked so, up. That movie yeah. never picked up either. Anyways, uh, next week we're seeing the man from U N C L E. Is that what you say? Because there's periods after each. I one? was really curious whether or not you'd remember how to spell uncle. Yeah, I, I can spell uncle. <laughs> uh, yeah. That'll be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I like Richie. Um, I like all the actors in it. I think it's interesting that every single act, like the four main actors, then are all doing different acts. I know it's pretty funny. Are, like, yeah, the American is the Russian. The English guy is the American. I also saw that Tom Cruise is in it. Really? Yeah, he plays <gasps> like Napoleon Solo. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I was just going through the IMDb page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I hit Tom Cruise. Yeah, and he was there. He was there. Huh. Which is, he, is weird that they would spoil that. Is he I, it's probably to a cameo that we weren't supposed oh, to know about. Sure. Like, well, because also in the trailer, I was, or maybe it was before a Regal movie. They have this little featurette. Uh, the dude's throwing down files, and one's Napoleon Solo, and huh. I know that's Tom Cruise's character's name. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, just right. like the first film that. Uh oh, what's his name? Guy from About a Boy. Hugh Grant. It's like hit one of his fir- besides the rewrite. It's his first film in like like seven years. Like, wow. Did we see Taken Three this year? No, Taken it's Three. Like, it was it this year? Yeah, it was this I year. Mean, it was this year. It was this year. Did, we, did I see it? it? Yeah, we saw it in January. Oh, it was like one of the first films of the year. So are you still looking up shittiest movie of the year? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I I don't remember that movie at all. I can so. read you like my bottom ten because uh, it was like. Number one, Hot Pursuit. Number two is Freetown. I know what it is. Christian film. Don't even see that. <laughs> um, then Smosh the movie. Uh, oh, what was the other one? Jupiter Ascending. That was Ooh. that. That just left my top Ju- ten. <laughs> yeah, Jupiter. I've seen a lot of really bad, no talent, like direct to DVD films from like first time directors. <laughs> so like three of them are in like the top bottom ten. I believe that movie Home is actually like in the top ten highest grossing movies of this year. I know. Yep. Yeah. That film was better than Minions. Never heard anyone talk about it. My brother went and saw it, and he said it was okay. It's it's very uninspired. I mean, I will applaud it's like the first original film that DreamWorks Animation Studios has done in a very long time. <laughs> right. But, like, it's still, like, it's not, like, a franchise. Jim builder. Parsons' voice bothers me. It doesn't seem like he's suited for that character. Yeah. I, it, may, it just may be me. And also, Rihanna, who plays, like, the main girl in it, has like three songs in the movie. <laughs> oh, you know what that? I'm sorry, I missed. I missed it. What was it? Hot Tub Time Machine too. M- Maggie. No, Maggie. Not <laughs> I saw. I saw that. I saw that this week too. That I, I actually like. Who do you my agree whole, with? Uh, I, I don't know. I probably somewhere in the middle because I thought it's a very well made film, and I like the fact that it's like you're just watching them die. It's super depressing to me, but 
at the same time, I was never like fully invested in it. So mm-hmm. sorry, I can't be the not, split decision. For that's him. another mm-hmm. film. James said it didn't go how he wanted it to go, and he'll deny that he said that. Listen to your own podcast, you just, buddy. You just you just <laughs> wrote me into a corner. I can't not, like I can't I can. You don't listen to your own. You don't listen to your own podcast. No, I don't. I do. I, I remember everything. I'm like a fucking elephant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we should go home. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by, Henry. Appreciate it. I yeah. love coming by. So. Yeah. Always welcome. Make yeah. sure you come back by when. Yeah. You when have we're a trailer finished. And yeah, stuff I would love to have premiere the trailer here. So. Hell yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Real Nerds premiere. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to premiere you guys for EW. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. Fuck them. <laughs> what if you end up on their must list, though? Fuck them still. Sweet. <laughs> have you heard of their podcast? They're fucking idiots. No. Like, <laughs> they have a podcast? They have their own, like, XM station, and every hour they have their own, like, podcast, essentially. It's all, they're always idiots. Yep. <laughs> they never know what they're talking about. Fuck them unless they want us to be on their yeah, radio. Yeah, I'll be on their XM radio. Just curious, like, yeah, that's it. Glad they'll do that. Yeah. Give us a call. Right. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes. Is the dead cat dead? No. Really? Where is it? I haven't seen it in years. It's... Dude, it's just fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a really cool new commercial with Marvin the Martian and Blake Griffin. Mm -hmm. And the Marvin the Martian, though, doesn't sound right. I mean, I know Mel Blanc is dead, but come on, guys. Mel Blanc is dead? I know, bro. We'll get into it in news. (laughs) (laughs) Remember this guy who died 40 years ago? (laughs)